This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. So, Big Josh Boy, I've got some shit to talk about this week. Ooh, Outside of go, the baby. lights and the other stuff. Um, I already talked about one thing on Go Beyond, so I'm not going to rehash it for anybody who listens to both. I doubt anybody does listen to both of the the podcasts because I'm not that entertaining. But, okay, so I truly do not understand nature. And hear me out on this one because maybe it's human error. You know what I mean? Uh But I have this tree in my front yard and it is an apple tree. Who plants an apple tree in their fucking front yard? I don't know. Free That's apples, a poor baby. Decision. Free apples. They don't look like normal apples, though. They're like mm. they look like green apples, but for the longest time, we thought they were ornamental, like they were crab apples or something, like that type of a thing, which would be so preferable because they're small and you don't have to okay. worry about. It. You could just rake that shit up. These are full blown fucking apples, and I it it has come to a point where. The tree has begun to collapse under the weight of its apples. Like branches are just oh breaking God. off. Yeah. And I was thinking this week, I was like, what the fuck? I don't understand it. Like why something could naturally grow so many fucking apples that it collapses under its own weight. Like, and and at this point, I'm like, did we like biologically engineer? Probably these trees to to bear more apples that now they're so fucked up that they collapse on themselves because i feel like nature wouldn't do this nature would weed it out all these dumbass trees these that trees. have too many apples well yours was the last of its kind maybe it's yeah that lone and dumpy apple tree my neighbor was like oh yeah it, it's uh it's collapsing because it hasn't been pruned in a long time it uh, hasn't been taken care of and i was like right. i totally get that but also when you think about it it's so weird that it's like this thing's only function in life is to grow fucking apples and to sit there and when it does that it kills itself it's doing so good though it's yeah. making just the biggest of apples that you can imagine. It's I have trying the overachiever so of trees for you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I don't understand like the the former owners of this house their obsession with fucking fruit trees because we also have three in our backyard. And I'm the like, same, Bro. the same, like an apple tree. No, they're like weird fruits. Like oh, I have no different. idea. I was gonna say, I was like, how many apples do these people need? Like that's excessive. Okay. See, here's an also a weird thing. You know, the ongoing mail saga of how he's gone through my mail multiple times. Is he taking your apples? Yes! Uh. He fucking... (laughs) It's so weird. It's like this guy has laid claim to the shit at our house because he used to live here. I'm so blown away by that. Here's the thing. I don't give a shit about the apples. Take the apples, but I just find it so odd. Like today, once again, he came to ask me about his mail. He asked me if I've got cards in the mail. And I was like, bro, stop sending your fucking mail to my house. You haven't lived here for three months. Stop. But he fucking like when he walked up, I realized that he had like an entire branch of apples. He literally had the branch. And I was like. Did you break off a fucking branch of my tree? 
<laughs> to have these apples? And he was eating an apple. And he's like, this is a good apple. And I was like. He's like, yeah, that's mine. <laughs> you <yeah>. fuck. <laughs> I'm like, what? Like, I don't care. But I found that so weird. I was like, this is like a Harry Potter and the audacity of this bitch moment. When I was like, you don't live here, bro. That's so crazy. I, yeah. I love it. This this man is is nuts. And um, yeah, he's got crazy boundary you gotta, issues. You got to cut that apple tree down. <laughs> See, I don't want to cut down the tree because I love trees. Personally, I adore trees. I want more trees, but I fucking hate all these dumbass apples all over my lawn. It's pissing me off. Oh, so it's no. like my dad told me that we could possibly get a spray to keep it from bearing fruit, which sounds really fucked up. Like, yeah, yeah, I could sterilize my tree. When you think about it, that's really fucked up. But basically neutering your pet. In the same motion, I'm really sick of these fucking apples. So I'm thinking about it. You know, snip off, snip off that tree peepee. Yeah, I'm gonna snip that dick. I'm I'm sick of these fucking apples. (laughs) Yeah, I told my neighbor, I was like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) That's why you. Can that's you why dogs no longer have penises. They get neutered. <laughs> they just clip off the penis. <laughs> they just clip off the penis. Can you imagine if that was our solution? We're just like, we can't have them fucking anymore. Uh, just snip off the peepee. That's the yeah, only just, thing. Just take it all off. They're like, just but take- what if they just couldn't get other creatures pregnant? Like we remove the balls. He's like, he's like, nah. snip it all off. Nah. Like I don't even want them to enjoy the sexual pleasure. Okay. Just fucking take it off. Just I'm sick of it. You know, like I'm sick of looking at dogs mounting other dogs. It's fucking gross. Just snip it off. It is pretty weird. I want that smooth surface. I want them Ken dogs, you know? Mm, that's yeah. good. That's yeah. what I'm looking for. Hello and welcome to IndiePod, an indie games podcast, your weekly source for all the indie games news you need to know. This week, we are bringing you three awesome indie game news stories before, of course, hopping into a bunch of different stuff. We got what we've been playing, we got news cram, we got God bless the crowd, and we got your listener questions. But before we get into any of that, I would like to introduce myself, Von Hyde, alongside my illustrious co-host, the biggest of ever, Josh Boys. How you doing today, big Josh Boy? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, At first, I I said I wouldn't talk about the story on the podcast, but I'll I'll give a little bit of it. I had uh, one of the most After I shared my apple story, you're just like, I feel a little braggy now. Yeah. Like, bro's bragging about how many apples he has. I'm fucking, I I got to shit on him a bit. Let me, let me, (laughs) let me show you how many apples I can afford now. Um, (laughs) I got, uh, so for those listening, this is my uh, almost birthday weekend. Uh, my birthday will be in a few days from the recording of this podcast. And so as part of my birthday weekend, my father, who loves to gamble, decided like, hey, let's go to the casino. Now, I'm not a gambling man. I honestly hate it. I, I'm like, because I know the odds. They're always against you and you're never going to win. Yeah, there's a section of chaos theory that says no matter what, when you gamble, eventually you will lose. Like, there's no way to guarantee you'll win. So I I find that really interesting that it's just like there are the people who think that they can't lose while gambling if they rig a game to their favor or something. And it's like, no, no matter what, you will lose. (laughs) It's true. But this time did not lose. Uh, it was one of the weirdest fucking moments. I, I so I put in uh, around sixty dollars, and it was into the slot machine. And I put in twenty, nothing happens. So it's like complete, just like this machine is not giving me anything. I put in another twenty, <laughs> nothing happens. I even look at my dad at this point at forty dollars, and I'm like, should I just go to a different machine? Should I do something different? Here? I love that if you put in twenty, <laughs> and the machine's like, you owe me forty, and you're like, what? You're what like, do you? 
What like do you we mean? already know you're gonna lose. Like, <laughs> give me more. So I put in I put in this this third twenty to to equal of like sixty dollars, and uh, and I I hit for a couple of times, and then all of a sudden uh, a screen flashes, and I get a bunch of wild symbols everywhere, and I'm like, oh cool, something good. Like I don't know what I'm doing or like what the lines mean, because there's like a million different ways that you can get it to to pop off, and I was just like, oh, there's a couple. So of you boxes weren't even here. playing like one of those weird slot machines that has like the fruit. <laughs> on it or whatever that's no, just no, like, I was. I got four cherries yeah i was i was playing like a weird weird one that had just a bunch of strange symbols and it was like uh just like they're like two... hieroglyphics yes you're yeah, playing like, like a fucking archaic ass like you not, literally no, this sounds like, like the i'm not even joking this sounds like the plot to a cult film where you went into some creepy ass cave and yeah. you fucked with <laughs> some like i don't know mystic slot machine and you ended up selling your soul for two thousand dollars like it was was great it was i'm expecting you to disappear soon yeah maybe maybe point is i ended up god i fucking love this moment because i had no idea what i was doing because i've i don't gamble really or i don't go to slot machines so this this number started flashing and it was like 120 dollars. and my dad's like oh yeah you did something and i was like cool and then he turns back around and all of a sudden uh, 2000 also shows up on the screen and my dad fucking loses his mind because he, he goes <laughs> and gambles all the time and he's never had like a jackpot like that and I just I'm just this dumb kid who's just like I guess I'll gamble for like one of the first times in a while like I rarely ever do it and I hit that and it was like I had no he's just like started screaming and I was like what did I do good like what happened like what's going on <laughs> it was like the weirdest moment but I, I ended up uh, winning pretty big, which was nice because now I'm I'm such a fucking old person now where I'm like, oh, cool. I could fix up my backyard. I'm like, <laughs> the dumbest. Like, I was like, there wasn't anything cool. It wasn't anything fun. I was just like, I can't wait to fix up my house. Like, I hate being an adult first off. But like, it was such a cool moment. Uh, and it was, it was one of those moments where the... I was a little nervous because I even told you about this uh, before the recording, but a guy quickly like saw that I won from the the actual place from the casino and walks up and he's like, I'm going to need your license and I'm going to need your social security because they have to if it's over a certain amount, they have to give you a W-2 and actually like tax you on it. And so I was like, "Okay." And so he takes my stuff and walks away. And I look at my dad. I was like, he's coming back, right? (laughs) Like I was like, what just fucking happened? Like I was like blown into the, the whole experience of it that I was like. Wait, do I just like sit here? Like, what do I do now? He's like, so I he, need your birth certificate real quick. <laughs> he yeah. just steals your identity for two thousand dollars. It just fucking leaves. And so he he leaves. He comes back and he he gives me a couple forms to sign for like the W two and everything. And then he goes, um, okay, put out. Like I thought it was just gonna be like a check or something or like yeah. what, like I didn't know. He's like, put out your hand. Like okay. And he goes, a hundred, two hundred, three. And he's just like throwing bills on my fucking hand like in the middle of this casino and i was like this is fucking weird (laughs) like i get how that would heighten the feeling of it you're like holy shit he's literally putting cash in my hand but think about leaving a casino with two thousand dollars in cash like I, i would assume you'd get robbed i told my dad i was like i literally have never had this much money on my person and i don't feel comfortable Yeah, I would sprint to the car. I would lock the doors. I'd fucking, I'd pull out my pocket knife. Everyone who comes near me, I'd be like, ah, ah, get away from me. Like, <laughs> I was, yeah, I, it was so, it, it was a, an experience for sure. Like I, I, obviously it's cool to, to win the money because one, I don't gamble a lot anyway. So being able to stick it to the casinos was nice. Um, <laughs> 
but also just like the the whole experience of it was one of those things where i was just like you never like i don't know anyone who's ever like hit a jackpot like that before and like i was like oh i could be one of those few people that could say like oh yeah i actually won one of these things i and my dad was like oh you gotta come with me all the time now you're like my lucky charm blah 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 and i was like yeah no I was like, I'm, I'm good. Like, this is not at all going to make me into a gambling person because I, I know that because I've like, especially because I've hit this now, I will never hit it again in the rest of my life. Like there's uh, lightning doesn't strike twice in the same place. Yeah. I love that. I, I love the fact that you keep pointing out that your dad gambles a lot and he has yet to like win this amount. I just imagine him in that moment being like, fucking bitch and he like he yeah he like would, pushes you out of the seat and he's just like yeah i want two thousand dollars yeah <laughs> maybe he uh no he doesn't he doesn't gamble like that much but he just enjoys it and he goes every so often and it was one of those like he's he's had moments where he's won you know like 500 or 700 dollars or stuff like that but um but he was just like blown away. He's like, oh man, I've never won a jackpot like that. He's like, oh, congratulations. Like he was like super excited, super happy for me. But it was really funny because he's like, he's like, well, I'm glad you won because it was your birthday and everything and like coming up. But I like, I knew there was always that that little bit of it in his voice of like, fuck, should have been me. <laughs> Maybe, I, I don't know. Wish you were never born. <laughs> Wish you were never like... born, you piece of shit. Give me that fucking money. Yeah, he's like, if I could take your life back, I would. <laughs> oh my god yeah that's i here's the thing gambling is so interesting like i've always i've always wanted to try it and i've like i bought a scratch ticket or whatever like that's that's fun and i've always wanted to try out a casino but i know that like i'm such a weird person that i think i could have a gambling addiction like do you ever feel just deep in your heart you're like i feel like if given the chance i would become a heroin addict like everybody like, yeah, yeah yeah like everybody just, has their things they could get addicted to for sure so it's like yeah i'm just 95 percent sure that i'm just like eh, i know addiction runs in my family like it's yeah 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 I, and i'm glad that i never give that chance but yeah it's it's very i'm glad you won some money that's pretty cool you got yeah, you got I'm that kashish. you had a good yeah. birthday that's nice i, that's I nice. did i'm glad i can fix up my backyard and be super boring when you say fix up your backyard, are you going to do anything specific? Or are you just like, I'm putting in a $2,000 shirt? <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm going all out on my shrubbery. <laughs> no, I have like this weird problem where uh, the, the backyard is like flooding when it rains super heavy. And it's like, I mean, you live in a swamp. so that's It's like I have a pool in my backyard half the time. I was like, I should just get a pool and not fill it up with water. And like, it'll just fill itself. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. pretty bad back there. Um, so, yeah, I have to figure out some type of drainage thing, but. It's all good. Nobody wants to hear about that. Let's talk about games. That is a very good point. So a bit of housekeeping before we hop into what we've been playing. Please check out the in-house studios developer interview we have going live this Wednesday, which is the 11th. They're talking about the game glitch. This is something that was shown previously Mm -hmm. at a showcase. I honestly forget which one. I'm going to be real. Um, But I thought it looked really cool. The game itself, I remembered, but the showcase totally lost i'm gonna be real like yeah it's all good. It's, it's gone i feel like it was like probably the the last idea at xbox or these things happen like every other day we literally have three stories today and two of them are about more yeah d- more showcases, showcases like d- yeah it's i'm actually interested to have this conversation because i feel like it's just too much at yeah. this point it's too mm-hmm. many 
and I'm excited to talk about it. Uh, please check out the IndiePod store over on Teespring where you can get t-shirts and stickers. Check out our YouTube channel. Of course, it's just IndiePod over on YouTube. We're going to be trying to upload clips of the show soon. Please leave us reviews on any source in which you could do so. Specifically, iTunes will help us out with the algorithm so we can gain a larger audience and spread the love of indie games. So please, please give us them iTunes. You know, I've heard that it helps. I'm just going to say that it helps. Please do it. And lastly, thank you so much to all of our amazing patrons at the $3 tier or higher. If you give us any amount of money, I love you. I'll kiss you on the mouth one day. That's like a, that's like a loving kiss, not like a fuck you kiss, you know? But mm -hmm. I have a, I have a quick point. Oh, what's your so I have a little story about, uh, I don't even know if you, you mentioned it cause I don't listen to you half the time. <laughs> Checks um, out. Yeah. I just, I, especially at the, that part, uh, <laughs> the, the reviews for yeah. Apple podcast or wherever. Um, but Apple podcast, uh, we have, so I pushed out recently a thing where I was like, I hate doing this, but like, if you like indie pod, like try to make us bigger so that more people can hear about it and we can push and promote more indie games yada yada i've seen you do it every now and then it's every like now and then i try to so. yeah every yeah. now and then i try to promote it just because it does help um for just visibility of people who see like in their feed of like things you might enjoy um and so i did that and we had 10 ratings i looked uh after i did it and we had nine ratings and i was like what the fuck? <laughs> we lost a person. Um, but at the same time, we also gained another one shortly after. We have one that we need to talk about. This is from Led Zepp Deck, I believe is how you say it. Um, and they wrote, good podcast, great dudes. Uh, great podcast, dudes. Keep up the great work. Keep it coming. So thank you very much for the five-star review. Yeah, thank you so much. That was very nice of you. So, I just wanted to read out our patrons real quick. At the $3 tier or higher, we've got Ethan, a gamer for fun. Jonathan Claudio. I didn't say just John this time. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. wow. Expanding. I'm sorry, just John. I'm so sorry. I can't believe I just did that to you. John we'll see Mixmatosis, a.k.a. Mix. Zach Durham, Chase Hopkins, Philip Brinshaw, the one better of Australia. Chris Penwell, go beyond. Uh, Josh Nichols, aka Active Josh and Sam Fillion from Canada. Thank you all so much for being patrons at the $3 tier high. You're all so amazing. And let's talk about what we've been playing. Big Josh Boy and I have been playing the same game, and we're going to have drastically different opinions, I'm assuming, because Maybe. apparently the co op version of this game is kind of fucked. So, we'll Big see. Josh Boy, let's talk about the ascent from Neon Giant. How are you feeling about it this week? I noticed that in our Discord last week, you were just like, BT dubs. I talked about the ascent on this week's episode. It's a bit fucked up. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so here's the thing. It's it's uh, a little bit of a PSA uh, with what I talked about last week. So this game is still fun. I still enjoy it. Hot damn, is it trash when it comes to its co-op? <laughs> like, like no other. It's buggy as fuck. Like apparently a patch has come out and I have yet to play it since. And I think yeah, a lot of those. A little uh, bit of that has been kind of updated and things have uh, like for the the Xbox, the uh, not the Xbox, but for like the PC version for Game Pass, there was shit that was just missing from the version I was playing. Like they didn't have things like ray tracing. They didn't have just general like uh, things were taking it's uh, causing it to load much longer than other versions dude you didn't, you my didn't load even times have... are so fucking long sometimes yes, i'm like game this pass. is like some it's, mass effect one shit it's the game pass version and it's you... hilarious because sometimes it's literally in like 
an elevator and i'm like this is actually yes and it goes forever (laughs) dude yeah there is we especially if you're doing like cross play like it makes it even worse or if you have like multiple people like the more people seem to like cause an issue so when i first played this i played with a buddy we played and we thought it was going to be great because he played on uh x cloud he played on a phone to just play mm-hmm. from his side. And I was just using the Game Pass version. Worked totally great throughout the tutorial uh, level and getting to the main world. The minute we started expanding and had like more people play with us and went out and did our own thing, the game just like full on turd. It was just like, <laughs> um, we're gonna break every like 10 minutes or so. We're just gonna crash. We're just gonna make it so you can't load. We're gonna make it so one of my, my friends, his character lost all of his equipment. That's what uh, I've lost, heard, that people's entire every... characters have been deleted. <laughs> he lost everything, but the character had all of its skill points, like, doubled. So it was just a much stronger version with no equipment. And I was like, okay, I guess that works for you. He's like, yeah, it's, I'm so, so super strong. <laughs> it's kind of cool. <laughs> it's kind of cool. I was like, I, for some reason, so I, I would play on my PC, and then I was like, oh, I'll try the Xbox and see if that's any better. So I booted up my Xbox, I downloaded it. Literal crash the minute I started, every two seconds. <laughs> I was like, okay, it just doesn't work on my Xbox. I was like, this game is fucking like really pushing my patience here. It's a game that I, I super enjoy to the point where I love a lot of the base mechanics that are out there. I really enjoy the way it feels. I love the, the form of combat and having multiple people. I still think that story-wise and from a dialogue-wise, this is written by a five-year-old who just learned how to curse. Like, chill the fuck yeah. out. You need what to- is his name, Poon? Poon? Like, every five seconds, he's just like, fucking turd, shit, cock. And I'm like, I'm like dude. Yeah, and it's like, and granted, like, we do that on, <laughs> to some degree when we're talking, but we're also, like, talking. I Like, if I scripted this out and took a long time to write the dialogue for what we were going to say for IndiePod... It would look a lot different, whereas this and I get the cyberpunk aesthetic and like the theme of the world is supposed to be gritty and people are supposed to talk like that. But it just feels very like overdone. I don't know. Um, So I'm not at all in love with like the story wide side of things, but I just like running around, shooting things, getting the cool guns, fighting the different enemies. Uh, But from a co-op perspective, I have really hated this game and it's been one of those things where i kind of put it down because i was just like let me wait until this patch so i need to try to get out again and i'm hoping that sometime uh this week i'll have a little bit more time to play with some of my buddies to see if like hey the patch fixed something like because at at the point that it was it was at like a lot of the the friends that i had who were excited about it dropped off real quick because they were like i'm not doing this this is awful (laughs) Yeah, I love earlier how we were talking and I was like, who am I going to play with? And you're like, me. It just sounds like you want to break my game, bro. Like, it's working just fine. Dude. I don't know why you're trying to fuck over my shit. Yeah. You're trying to get my character deleted. I can't believe it. <laughs> I just I just really want to sabotage you is what I'm I trying to I can tell, do. bro. I can tell. Okay, so there are a few things about one. I do have to say. If the Ascent does not win awards for visuals, I fucking think that's that's the shit where I'll be like, rigged, 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 it's fucking rigged. The Ascent looks amazing. Yeah, like it, it does. really does. They have some issues with lip syncing at times, which is super weird because sometimes it can be pinpoint and other times it's just like it just doesn't like it doesn't match up in the slightest, and it's yeah. so weird. But I really, really adore the visuals of this game. I think it looks amazing. 
but there are some big issues. Like I technical issues, I've only had one. And it is, well, technically, I guess when you look at it, like it might be a few, but Mm -hmm. I, there's a lot of frame rate hitching and I have, yeah, I've lowered down. I was like, maybe it's cause I'm playing on PC. Maybe my PC is just kind of like chugging or whatever. I'll lower down the shit. It still did it. So I'm like, it's not my PC. It's, it's yeah. So there is that problem, but otherwise I've actually had almost no problems. There was one time where I was just like, why can I not shoot this person? They're standing in front of me. And I thought it was a tech issue. And I realized I was aiming high and they're a short character. And that's why I nah. couldn't shoot them. Is because I was literally aiming over their head. And I was like, the aiming high mechanic is very, very cool. But it's just something that I didn't realize that I was doing. I was like, because I'm literally like pointing my gun a foot over their fucking head. Yeah, that's hilarious. I One of yeah. my favorite things is when the, the characters will kind of get... <laughs> they'll spawn in like the wrong area and so they'll become bullet sponges and like completely invincible because they're trying to move to the place that they're really supposed to be so the game counts them as like super tanky until they get to that location and then they'll die or like (laughs) i've had times where i've i've used the like the punch ability i've hit four people and they were like oh and did the death like the ghost animation but then their bodies just like still stood there and i was like (laughs) You gonna you gonna die, bro? Like, what are you doing? And then like I'd killed a couple other people who just kept standing there, and then all of a sudden the game like kind of was like, ah, oh, yes, they're dead. And then all the bodies just fell at a certain point. I was like, what are you doing right now? <laughs> yeah, there are there. So the issues that I've had were, I would say the uh, the frame rate hitching, and then also it's something that I heard Mr. Maddie plays about on on he talked about it on Defining Duke, and I believe in the video as well that he did for his channel is that this game has such deep lore. Like it's it's very, I feel like it's lore is very complicated, but the problem is outside of codex entries, they really do not try at all to tell you about mm. it. So unless you want to read basically a novel, you would know nothing about this. And they use these terms so easily without explaining them that I'm just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Like, what the fuck is a haber? They talk about it over and over again. And I was like, the second that I thought I knew what they were talking about. Nope, not at all. Like they would say something else. And I was like, what the, what the fuck are you talking about right now? Like I have legitimate issues with the way it approaches its own, I guess, explaining its lore because you should not have to go into codex entries to learn anything Mm -hmm. like literally just the basis of what something is in dragon age when they tell you about the tranquil or they show you the tranquil you can learn a lot more from the codex entries you can learn the history of tranquil but otherwise the first one that you meet they explain what the fuck it is like what kind of a person they are that totally makes sense in this game they they almost don't even like sometimes they won't even give you a codex entry for something and they'll talk about it and i'm like what the fuck are you talking about just figure it out yeah, like, I, I guess I'll just go fuck myself. Like, I guess I'll figure out way later at the end of this mission what the hell you're talking about. Yeah. Like, I really don't get it. Another issue that I have is, like, why won't why do I have to make a human? That legitimately bothers me. Oh, yeah, me. yeah, yeah. In, yeah. It, was, it was a little annoying. I felt like the customization on that was pretty limited. Yeah, they have very limited customization, and I wouldn't have a problem with it if they had multiple races because 
you're walking around this amazing like citadel with all of these different types of aliens they're like really cool and you just get to make some dumbass human and that yeah. legitimately bothers me i really hate it when games do that like that's i loved dragon age origin and inquisition because it allowed you to make whatever race you wanted they had mm -hmm. a few that you couldn't play but for the most part you could play any and uh, obviously Dragon Age 2 is a little bit different because you had to play Hawk, so you only got to choose their gender, which is interesting in a sense as well, but uh, because I do like Hawk's story, but like Mass Effect, you always have to play a human. There are amazing races in that. Yeah, I, like, I want to play a Turian. I want to play a Quarian. I want to play a Geth. I want to play a Krogan. I want to play anything outside of a fucking human right. because I know, like, the, the thing that annoys me most about it is and I guess in Mass Effect, this doesn't necessarily apply because it is about Commander Shepard's story. And it's about you building that story yourself. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense that they're a human because it's like, oh, I want to connect with this character. I want right. to connect with Shepard or Femme Shepard. Right. Like, but in this I get case, that. In this case, you're pretty faceless. Yeah, they're nothing. They're literally nothing. You, They don't speak like you you never hear them speak they have no backstory literally nothing so why the fuck can't i be a fish person i don't get it yeah like i want to be that rabbit with the weird like floppy ears with spikes on it dude i want to be anything other than a fucking human like why do they shoehorn you into being a human because it's just a skin it's not like you'd interact in the world in a different way like right. i've literally seen these different races in the world they act just like fucking humans. So I yeah. don't understand why I can't just have a skin to make me look like a fish person. I, I really know. don't get it. Like, I want to look like fucking Abe Sapien from Hellboy. Why can't I? Like, the true it bothers me. The true struggle. I think the only other thing that I'll say about this um, is, unfortunately, like, you would never care about this because this is very much a co-op thing. But one of the things that pisses me off is... Um, from a call perspective and playing this game, I don't enjoy the way they did save files. I think it was a bad idea for them to do it this way. And I, I get some uh, reasoning behind it of like different characters, but like when you think so of Borderlands, so when you think of Borderlands, right, you get four people to play and you play through as long as you played through from the very beginning or like from a certain checkpoint of like you started XYZ quest, you get the check mark that you've completed this quest you've completed the story what this means is if i start a game but i don't start the save file and i just create a character and join someone's game and play through uh two hours of the game right mm -hmm. if i then say oh my friend isn't online i want to play the game let me start that game i can't play that character in that world I then have to start a totally new save file and play all of those two hours again, but can use that character if I want. So the characters are interchangeable to the, the story. Like you can put them in a new story and play as that character in multiple stories, but progression does not save other than for the person who started the game. And That's I think annoying. that is a, I think it is a huge oversight because it's super annoying because there's a lot of like almost reserve from me to keep playing because now a buddy of mine has gotten farther and like i i'm way back because i have to start and go through to a certain point to get through the story otherwise just follow him every time he logs on which isn't always feasible either 
Yeah, that's uh, the only instance that I've had that's similar to that is like when I played Outriders when it first came out, it has a very similar thing where you basically just play someone else's story. And if you complete a quest, it doesn't complete it for you. So you have yeah. to do it again if you want to do it in single Which player. Which I think is so dumb. Yeah, there, like I, I do 100% understand how annoying that is, especially with games that like they almost seem like they're built for co-op. Obviously, this one is like, Maybe, maybe like, may- yeah. the, the experience doesn't seem to be well translated to co-op, but <laughs> yeah. also I- like, I mean, I don't know if it's just me, but this is something about gameplay that bothers me is that you cannot purchase a version of a gun unless you pick up a version of the gun that really bothers me. So I'm not talking about like, so you can buy new sidearms or machine yeah. guns, okay, whatever, but I can't just go in and immediately buy a shotgun unless I pick up a shotgun. And then it will open up the tier of shotguns in the shop. Yeah, okay, I see what you mean. And I find that really annoying that I'm just like, because they give you the money and they're like, oh, go gear up. And I'm like, oh, cool. That means that I am going to be able to basically choose how I play this game instead of, like I get to to maneuver the combat experience to the way I want to play. And it's like, no, nope. you can just buy a slightly better gun that five seconds later, I will get a far better it's obsolete. gun Yep. Yeah. yeah. Totally pointless. It, which, it just legitimately bothers me. So I'm like, I want like I, I want to keep playing, but I don't want to play with machine guns or shotguns. Like, it's just mm-hmm. not my not my preferred play style. Granted, I found a cool sidearm, so I've been using that. But go. it feels somewhat underpowered, but I'm just... Maybe I'll play some more of The Ascent. I find it fun. I haven't had many issues with it, like technical issues. I will say, I want to ask, does it feel like the world is populated? Obviously, there are other characters within the world, but does it feel populated? Because I do not believe it does. There are a thousand shops in this place, but you can go to three of them. That really bothers me. I can't talk to 90% of these people, so they're basically just standing there looking like cardboard cutouts of human beings. Like, I I really hate it when games are, like, faux populated. It just, it gives the illusion of population, but those characters are useless. And it happens in basically every game. Like, you can't always interact. They want it to seem like there's a large, like, bustling world. I totally get it. But at least allow me to interact with every shop. Like, I, I don't understand why I go into this supposed hub of different like types of trading and there are three shops that i can go in but there's 85 fucking shops yeah i yeah i will agree like i understand the the difficulty of of creating all of that content because that takes a lot of time it takes a lot of planning but yeah the the especially that first you know main center that cluster 13 i think is what it's called yeah that place is pretty big for how much you can actually do in it yeah, there's like literally, I think there is four shops that you can actually use in cluster 13, but it's like four tiers up and like literally every bit of it is covered with some different storefront. Right. And you can't like 90% of them you can't access, which really sucks. Yeah. Like I it kind of bothers me and I I think it messes with the sense of urgency. So when like running through different scenarios, when it's, it tries to make it like, it really tries hard to make things seem urgent or things seeing die themes. What? 
things seem dire. Like when it has the siren on and it's like, you have to get out of here and stuff like that. It's like, okay, I totally get that. I, I trying to get my ass out of here, but then I walk past a robot who's just like sitting there fucking doing nothing mm-hmm. or like a human, mm-hmm. like sitting there doing nothing. And it's like, why should I be scared if they don't give a shit? But then if I right. shoot my gun near them, then they'll run away. And I'm like, what? Dude, I love shooting all the civilians. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's so t- fucked up. In the tutorial part, I, I, I played it once with, with a buddy and then I played it again with another group. And I was like, did you shoot every robot? Like while I was with them and they're like, or I was like asking them, I was like, you got to shoot every single one of them. They're like, why? And I was like, no one gets out alive. And I just kept <laughs> shooting every single one of the robots that was there. Just dodge rolling through. It's so fun. They have to. But I think the game is fun. I And especially because from what I understand, uh, Neon Giant is a studio of like 12, 13 people. And yeah. I think what they accomplished visually is outstanding. This game mm-hmm. looks amazing, and I think it actually plays fairly well. It is fun. It does have some issues, especially when it comes to bugs. Seemingly, they're trying to fix it, which I applaud them for. Um, but I don't know. I like the game. I don't think it's anything like really special outside of its visuals. That's why I'm talking about like if this doesn't get nominated for some sort of award based on like best looking game, I'll fucking die. Like. This game looks amazing, especially when you factor in how many people worked on it. Like, it's just absurd, I think. But, Don't Big know. Josh Boy, you've also been playing some other games. Yeah. Uh, you've been playing the Back for Blood beta by Turtle Rock Studios. Are you enjoying it? You've been excited for Back for Blood for a while. I have, and I'm lukewarm on it. What? Yeah. No uh, way. I Big Josh so. Boy is lukewarm on it. Here's the thing. I think it's great. I think it definitely does still need some work. So like I've had fun with it, but also I feel like a lot of it just doesn't have a lot of the charm that like Left 4 Dead did. Like the characters, I feel like they all suck, except for <laughs> one, except for one of them who like kind of creeps me out. But most people like him, which is called Hoffman. But he always has these weird like they have these dialogues where uh, they're not too often, but every so often they'll they'll show up, which is very Left 4 Dead-ish. Um, but he like consistently will say something about like oh my father oh my was something about my dad when my dad was here and i'm like why is this guy fucking talking about his dad so much (laughs) shut up it's so fucking weird like i don't know that part just like the whole time we were playing i just kept every two seconds to go with it i just kept going like oh i can't believe it my dad would have loved that headshot my dad like it's (laughs) it's too much it's too much um i think that the the enemies so the like the disparity between difficulties from the the modes like I tried both the the uh, the easy difficulty and the normal difficulty I think the difference between them is like abysmal like I I do not know why there's so much of a gap because easy is like wow are, are there zombies in this world or are we just fucking having a picnic here whereas the normal <laughs> difficulty is like just waves and waves of special zombies and they seem to be bullet sponges and i'm like what is fucking and so the the reason why i say that is just because the enemies and the specials the way the maps are designed at least for most of them their their corridors are way too tight and you like the the specials are made to juke 
you have an, an enemy who's literally he's only got one weak point he walks towards you it, it's behind him he's got this big arm that he smashes down and the whole point is so that you kind of like wait for him to hit you but his his window of like hitting you is so big that it's like impossible unless you juke around him but all these tight corridors don't allow for that so it, it's super annoying uh i thought to to the point of like yes i understand a little bit of this is josh you just got to get good like you just have to understand the game and i think some of it also comes with this card system that they're playing into which like as you play more you progress and get more cards which are better and and give you more stats and things like that so maybe there's like an element of like keep playing so you get better cards and then you could try the harder levels which is like fine but like that's not what i'm looking for with this game um and so to some degree yes this is josh shut up and, and get better but to another degree i think that it's just not as well designed to deal with what type of specials you're throwing my way um and they don't feel like different I, I don't know like granted like more left for dead is great but like a lot of these uh specials that they're showing are like giving to us in this run through are like the same thing with just a different name it's just like oh this is a boomer it but it's it's an exploder it goes to you and it explodes it's like ah sounds similar and then there's like a hunter-esque one called a hoffer and it, it like it'll jump at you and kind of like slash at you or it'll spit at you the for stingers um which they just seem like they spit at you like cool and then you have a puker <laughs> which i don't know what the actual name of it is i just have these short hands for them but a puker which is yeah. just like it's a spitter in left for dead and so like, it's very similar in a lot of ways and i think yes that is obviously the point but a lot of the like the map design a lot of the character like the 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 actual enemy like their special traits don't feel as like as unique like it just feels kind of like it washes out if that makes sense in in the grand scheme of things um the weapon system is super cool though i love how the weapons feel like they definitely nailed that part down and there's a much more wider variety of them and they all have these components where like each gun will have four different things like you'll, you're able to put like a stabilizer on it like a scope on it and like change out pieces from the guns so as you're going through there's some uh you know uh incentive to constantly drop a gun and pick up a new one that might have different components or to to buy in and buy new components at these shops that they give you uh at the start of each level um they now have trauma damage which i think is super cool but can be like really hard to deal with at certain points where it's just like health that that goes against your max health that you just cannot get up and it's just like oh you used to be at 100 health now you're at 20 and that's your max and it's like cool and you just have to wait until you get to a healing station which is pretty scarce unless you're playing on easy mode and then it's like hey did you turn a corner here's a healing station <laughs> which i'm like what are you doing like so I, I don't know there's certain things um the versus mode sucks i don't like it it's just it's just a spawning is that like, the area. like uh, is that the asymmetric multiplayer when somebody would play the zombies and fight you so yes so it, it is but it's not a campaign so and there's many talks about like why they did this and developers came out uh, uh to talk about it but like the versus isn't the campaign and people just attacking you it's more like kind of like a battle royale of like here's a little map and there's, there's waves of zombies that show up uh and as that's happening and you're fighting these zombies in a small area just people are the specials and they just attack you and it's like how long can you survive and then you go That's you know based on it's a it's it's pretty good but like the matchmaking sucks and because of that i kept getting it where it would be like the four of us and two people and we'd be like who's gonna win i wonder <laughs> 
Um, it's it's little things where it's like I'm lukewarm on it because I just don't know that it's going to be everything that I'm looking for when it first comes out. But I, I did enjoy a lot of the new changes, like the card system I thought was cool because it's um, it just Cards. adds to I mean, I like I think it's it's in some cases like useless uh, and in some cases it's cool because it just adds a little flair. Like I like the card system where it'll give you random like negative cards or things like challenges, which they're not even cards. Like I don't know why they t- deemed them as cards. They should have just called them traits, but it'll be something like uh, this level spawns and you get a random thing that says like, oh, here's your challenge card. It's like a mist and everything is like low visibility in the map. Or here's like uh, an incentive to get extra gold that you can buy stuff with if you don't trigger any uh, security doors or scare any any birds that'll trigger hordes to attack you and stuff like that. So it's like little uh, just challenges in the midst of everything that is also randomly changing throughout the game. I don't know, there's there's a few things that like, I feel like they need to really tweak and things that I'm not as crazy about. But also I think maybe it's just, I need more time with it. Um, I don't think I'm gonna play more of the beta. I'm just gonna wait until it like officially comes out. Um, but the the one major thing with the cards that I think is is kind of annoying is if they really are incentivizing you to play more to get better cards so you can then go to the higher levels. Like I hope it's just me being shitty and I just, I'll get better by playing rather than it being incentivized to be like, play so you can get the cards to then be able to do things. Because then I'm just like, you're just wasting my time. Like you're just, you're making me go to these lower levels when I don't want to do that just to get these cards that I could just like, in some cases I, I do agree pe- with people of just being like, this part doesn't need to be in this game. Okay. All right. I don't know. Mixed views. I'm excited still right. for it to come out though. I haven't heard really anybody talking about, I mean, I should say I'm not looking for any sort of like back for blood content. So I feel like I'm not saying that it doesn't exist. I just haven't heard anybody really talking about the beta yet. So I'm interested to see how viewpoints differ because it seems like a lot of people are very excited for back for blood. Everyone, everyone I've seen from like the media side in like loves this game. And so I was so blown away when I took a look at it and I was like, there's work that needs to be done like and granted maybe you're just too good at the game everybody else is feeling that easy mode is just the right difficulty and you're like nah dude i'm just fucking i'm god over here i'm obliterating zombies like fucking katana through butter definitely not definitely do you you were talking about the characters do they play differently or are they basically like in left for dead very are just the same very similar each character the main difference is they have a character card that gets added to your group and based on that they'll have certain different abilities or certain different like uh benefits if you will like there's one hoffman has this thing where when he's killing people it'll like drop ammo uh for uh the one that i kept playing which was holly she uh i think it was just she has a much higher stamina for that she'll give to the team and she starts with a stun gun rather than like like it's little things it's very small like they don't really matter but they're cool that there's like little little differences i think hoffman's probably the best just because it drops ammo which i feel is a little scarcer in this game than it is in others especially when it becomes more bullet spongy for the the specials in the higher difficulty tier um but that being said it's like they're uh, it still feels about the same where like it's not going to drastically change your game, but there are small differences and it really will become probably that more of like, who do you enjoy more from a character perspective? Would you rather 
Um, would you, sorry, I paused for a second because I was like swallowing. Um, would you rather it really leaned into the characters playing differently? Like, did you ever play Evolve Turtle Rock's last game? No, I, I didn't. I uh, honestly, though, like from the, the just main idea of it, I think that it's probably better they don't. Um, okay. Because they also have like a lot of variable things like the cards that that run into like you can build a, a deck or like you can build into attributes and little skills that you might want for your character. So like I don't think they need it because they're also doing a separate like variable card system. Yeah. Um, but I think it's I think it's interesting. I think like I said, it's more going to be just like which character do you character do you like to hear more of? Like that's right. kind of it. Okay. And lastly, you've been playing a game called Star Hunter DX by 1CC Games. So tell me about it. Nice little side-scrolling shooter. Nice side-scrolling shooter. I love these games. Um, I am absolute garbage at them. This is this week <laughs> is is very much a Josh is actually bad at in certain games. <laughs> um, this type of game is is so fun to me. I love this arcadey shooter, this side-scrolling, you know, like uh, I think it's Gradius is kind of where this all really started from. Um it's very much just a modernized version of that where you have three different characters that you can choose from that all have slightly different uh, abilities. Like you have one person who has like a, a widespread uh, gun. You have another which is like a robot who has a targeted system where the bullets will like kind of track towards enemies. You have uh, five stages and at the end of each stage is a boss fight. Um, there are three difficulties, which I really enjoy that there are those difficulties because usually it's just like, here you go, here's the game. Um, but the difficulties were so interesting because it was one of those things where I was playing on the medium difficulty. I got all the way to like stage four, I think it was. And that's kind of where I kept hitting a, a wall. Um, but I then was like, I wonder what the hard difficulty was. And so I played that and it is nuts to me how there are people who can just be so good at these type of games and like thread the needle when it comes to bullet hells because it blows my mind how someone is good at these games because it's yeah, I was so watching, overwhelming like, just this steam trailer and they were like barely missing yeah, these just different like, projectiles and i was like fuck you yeah. what it's it's so I, I love them though it's really good because it's a quick just you know jump in start playing you get a couple of continues you have these different characters which are slightly different uh you have the stages and the bosses and there's like little cut scenes but you could turn it off if you don't want it which i thought was a, a great little addition because after a while you're like all right you say the same thing each time like let's go um but i think i think it's super cool it's um i forget how much it was i uh take it with a grain of salt as as always because we did get this copy for free so um i didn't actually purchase this but i i personally love these type of games just because they're such a good like like a comfort food in a way where it's just really fun to play them and then put them down and then just pick up where if you have like 20 minutes of free time of just like i want to play something fun and just go into one of these um but damn it is it is uh it is tough on that highest difficulty i will say um i'm excited it's to like 14.99 by the way that's okay how much it costs. yeah i think that's reasonable it's a little a little higher for for how much but like for the people that really love these type of games i think it's it's still worth it because it's the the animation to it is uh super nice like i i really think it looks gorgeous um and it's just it's good like if you enjoy this style of game like pick it up that's really like I, I don't think this is going to break anyone's mind when it comes to like it's not doing anything that's, uh you know, like revelating or 
revelational revolutionary revolutionary that's the word revel something um it's not doing anything that's going to blow you away from a perspective of like wow we've never seen this before but what it does is it fits in that genre and does what that genre does well um and so i think that if you aren't into these type of games you're probably not going to like this but you might because they have that easier version which can cater to the people who do struggle with that crazy bullet hell feeling like it is it is a much different feeling um so i wouldn't uh be discouraged if it's maybe not your uh biggest genre of choice just because they're hard games because there are uh more accessible versions in there that's all I wanted to say about that one. I think it's a, a, a smaller, just fun game that people should uh, check out. All right. Speaking of things people should check out, our first main news story for today actually comes by way of IGN, uh, where it is reported. It, by the way, this is written by Matt TM Kim, and it is reported that a new ID at Xbox game showcase premieres next week on Twitch, specifically on August 10th, starting at 9 a.m. PT, 12 p.m. ET. Xbox will stream day. another ID at Xbox showcase on Twitch, where we'll feature several indie games next. Uh, new announced and updates on titles like The Artful Escape, Ollie Ollie World, and more. Uh, as with the last show, you can catch this stream on the official Twitch gaming channel or the official Xbox Twitch channel. I do... Okay, one, I wanted to bring this up just to make sure that everybody knows there's going to be a new ID at Xbox. Obviously, the time that this goes live, you can pretty much just catch the the vod like the video on demand of this uh sadly this is coming at kind of a poor time but for our patrons it's it's possible depending on how early they listen to this they could actually check it out over on twitch the one thing i do want to ask you about is an idea of seeing a game too often so 12 minutes we Oh, no, not actually 12 minutes but that is interesting uh 12 minutes is also a good point is that When the Artful Escape was originally announced, we saw very little of it. Everybody got really excited, and then the game basically went radio silent for years. Like, we we got nothing. We got Mm -hmm. no release date, no anything. And then last week, we talked about how in the Annapurna Interactive Showcase, we saw the Artful Escape, we saw an extended trailer, and we also got a release date. And now, less than like a week, two weeks later, maybe, depending on specific times, I might be wrong, we see the Artful Escape again. And I like, I totally get, it's been quiet for a long time. Maybe like the the Annapurna Interactive Showcase might be a niche thing, but I would not say that ID at Xbox is not niche either. So I find it just really odd that there are certain games that I feel like they just want to show over and over again. Like, do you think it's possible to show a game too much at this point? And the Artful Escape might be a bad way to say a bad example, because like I said, it went radio silent for a long time, but 12 minutes is a really good example. Cause I feel like that's shown every showcase. It's all the time. Yes. For us. No, for everyone else. Now here's what I mean by that is yes. I think that we have seen these things back to back and we're like, okay, we get it. But here's the thing. If you're not like dialed in to this, or you're not like us who are looking for these articles, looking for this news and constantly talking about it, you're probably just someone who probably has no idea what the Annapurna showcase was never heard about it. Cause there's probably a lot of people who are just like, I don't know what this is or 
never heard anything of it. Whereas Xbox, ID at Xbox is much bigger because Xbox, you know, Microsoft is a bigger, they have more uh, reach when it comes to pushing these different games. So I don't think so at all. Um, I think that it is in some cases for gamers who are, or, you know, people from media who are more in tune with this can get kind of exhausted from it because they're like, yeah, we get it. We've seen it in the last three showcases. And this does happen a lot for uh, usually companies with uh, bigger reach or bigger budgets because they're able to like push them into multiple things and categories. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it's the wrong thing because like at the end of the day, all they care about is showing it to as many people as they can. And if that burns a little bit of a bridge with people who are like, I've already seen this, they'll just tune out, but they know that it's there, right? Whereas the person who didn't watch all of the interactives and showcases that are out there, they might see this one and then know about it. Yeah, the more they show them in, the more likely it is that they reach a larger audience. Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, because the like you said, there is like a minority of people that watch a lot of these or tune in for a lot of these that may have seen this game over and over again, but the large right. majority probably has never seen these games before. That is a very good point. I wanted to be clear. I was I was never on the other point of this. I just found it a little bit weird that like we heard nothing from the Artful Escape for years and then yeah, and finally think, we get trailer after trailer and I'm like, what? And I like, think that's, that's so a different weird, but... I think that's a different thing. And I think honestly, to your point of of like bringing it up and, and raising like a little bit of a concern is that I think that developers probably should be a little more quiet at the start and then do this of like, we got all this crap, like here you go, because it's closer to the date. Whereas when they do that more of like, you know, they they message something like it's the same idea of like, you know, a bigger example, Metroid four. If they never yeah. said anything Oh, damn, would this have been a different discussion and would people have not been pissed off that Nintendo like, what are you doing with Metroid? Like, because it would have just been like, oh, it would have been where is Metroid? Like, it would be cool for a Metroid. And then we get Metroid Dread and then we'd be like, oh, look at that. We're getting Metroid Dread. Like, maybe Metroid 4 will come into picture. And then they'd be like, now that we already scrapped and then recreated a full project, here you go. Like, there's some cases of like, sometimes just bite your tongue and don't talk about something. Yeah, you're right. There is a pretty consistent issue in the industry of like announcing games too early. And it's not something like it's not just indie game developers. It's it's AAA. It's everybody. They often announce things far too early. It's something you hear brought up when like people announce their studios and like they'll announce a studio but not announce anything that they're working on. And it's like we've talked about this in the past where you're like, OK, I'm not going to get excited until you show me a game show me because yeah. yeah, studio means nothing at this point yeah. like it's it's what you make that is what gets us excited granted uh, creatives coming together to make awesome content right that's it's, amazing yes but it's can... like for for gaming it's such an interactive medium that you're like okay i have to see what i'm going to be actually doing before i can get excited for this and yeah, yeah i totally understand that i yeah i i totally see what you mean like there is a problem with announcing games too early it just yeah. it's, it's but also it's, i should say that it's it's very possible that indie developers will announce their game to gauge how excited awareness. people are yeah. or to like yeah get more awareness possibly get more investors like yeah it's it's it, it's a tough line to walk because there is like yeah. that was one of the things is there is like you know do you want people to beta test this or do you want people to you know help workshop this for you like that it's it's hard to say um but I think, I think in some cases, like 
uh, depending on what your motive is, there's different reasons for why you should or shouldn't be like, this is a game we're working on. Cause like what, what really did they gain from initially announcing it versus then going silent? Right. Yeah. Like it got people excited, but after years of it, most of those like, people does forgot. It, yeah. Like, does it retain? Like I would like, what's the difference of doing that then and versus doing that now? Like, cause I yeah, can still miss this escape- announcement. Right. Yeah, like if it was if it was never introduced before, like I think it was introduced actually at like E3, like 2017, 2018 or something like that. And then years later, we finally get something from it. Like it's I imagine a lot of those people, especially in like a casual audience, which I don't say casual is like a derogatory term, just casually views the games industry um, and doesn't follow it rigorously like they probably forgot that it ever existed and then now they they might see it yeah it's like it might not have done anything yeah i mean it's a damned if you do damned if you don't situation in in a lot of cases because things could go wrong things could go right it's just how it is sometimes yeah that's a great point uh so on to our next news story once again on ign this one written by jared moore and it is gone home co-creator steps back from new project amid reports of toxic work culture Fulbright co-creator Steve Gaynor, best known for his working his work creating indie adventure Gone Home, has stepped back from his role as creative lead on upcoming game Open Roads amid reports of toxic work culture. Gaynor's shift in position was announced on the Open Roads Twitter account below. They have like the Twitter, uh, which said he had stepped back from his role as creative lead and manager and now works as a writer without day-to-day responsibilities on the project. Gaynor himself confirmed that the shift in role was because my leadership style was hurtful to people that worked at Fulbright. I'm not gonna uh, read the actual like the the open roads twitter account thing because it doesn't i feel like it doesn't say anything very specific unless you no it it doesn't it doesn't it literally is very pr of just like hey he's stepping back and exactly that same reasoning that we just mentioned in the article yeah they they pretty much like they almost do they even bring up why uh as such fulbright's co-creator steve Gaynor has stepped back from his role as nope. creative lead. Nope. Nope. Yeah, nope. Nope. it just they says don't. that he did it. So this, yeah, so they, they did this like shortly before the Polygon article uh, that had all of this uh, came out, like just oh, before okay. it. So it was almost like a, it, it seems very much like a, a step of like protecting themselves in a way. Sounds like, um, seems like damage control. Yeah, and then that article went live a little bit later and then, uh, Steve Gaynor eventually, you know, uh, posted on Twitter, like more about kind of the situation of like where he like his take on it anyway. Okay. All right. So speaking to Polygon, 12 former employees of the company reportedly said that their decision to leave was at last part due to Gaynor's behavior towards staff and in particular women on the team. In the article, Polygon reported that staff spoke anonymously out of fear of retaliation, describing the work environment at Fulbright as being controlling with... Uh, work feeling undermined and demeaned by Gaynor. The former said that they hadn't experienced or been witness to sexual harassment or explicit sexism, but that hidden behind a veneer of inclusivity, members of the team were subject to the studio's toxic work 
or toxic culture with women repetitively broken down by microaggressions. A Fulbright representative confirmed that Steve stepped down in March of 2021 after it became clear that the steps that were already being taken to improve his interactions with the team were only yielding temporary results, which I actually think is an interesting thing to say. Um, On Gaynor's Twitter thread on the subject said that stepping back from the role was giving him uh, space and perspective to see how his role needed to change and how he needs to learn uh, or needs to learn and improve as part of a team. He then closed his statement by saying that he's stepping back from the day-to-day development of Open Roads and uh, was the right thing to do. So uh, did you read the Polygon article? Yeah. Okay, so I do have to ask, is it brought up in there, the like possible allegations of sexual harassment and explicit sexism? It's, yeah, so uh, basically it just, it wasn't like, there's no accounts of it, at least so far, of of a an actual like uh, specific act against women from a, a perspective perspective of like obvious grotesque behavior, right? Yeah, it's been more of what uh, whatever this definition of microaggressions is of you know like uh, undermining women uh, is kind of where it goes, which in its like in reason isn't you know, explicitly like illegal, right? But it's just super fucked up. Um, I, yeah. I I do wish uh, microaggressions was a little bit more defined. Like I, I, I'd love to know more about like what some of those situations were like. But I, I think this is like a really good example of sometimes shit isn't always as obvious and like people need to be more in tuned with this kind of like uh, how are people being treated in your company because you know on the one hand you could be like well if people aren't treated right they could just leave and it's like yeah but like that's detrimental to the company in general and the organization in general and their culture in general and like the entire like this casts upon a whole uh shadow of of how people work that might not like fix itself anytime soon especially from him just stepping down i don't think that's much i think the the craziest thing i think from this is that he just stepped down and is still working like i get that he's like i'm pretty sure he's like a founder or like you know like an owner of the company yeah i think he's a co-founder yeah right uh fulbright co-creator so, so i so i think i think from like a, a a like a rights and like ownership perspective like he's always gonna make money off of the game and have some kind of like hand in the pot but it's really nuts to me that they even let him continue writing like i'm surprised there wasn't a discussion from like you know people in that environment who were like look steve like we get it like you helped out but like it's it's so uh weird and 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 i'm not trying to say like don't ever forgive a person or like they can't grow or or whatnot Um, but at the same time, I also, from this situation, feel like it's pretty fucked up and feel like people would still have a tough time working, even if he's not exactly there, but like knowing he's part of it. Um, especially. Yeah. And there would be the possible like notes of hypocrisy in the story of a guy who, like somebody who writes about this is the thing. Yeah. And seemingly is kind of a dickhead. Yeah, like that was that was my other take on it was that like he's writing a story about two women and like their their like journey 
And it's really hard to take that at face value when he's in some cases, you know, uh, performing all of these microaggressions or, or undermining women in his own studio where you would assume that a studio that has these type of games that works on things that have such a message that is about, you know, uh, inclusivity, like they would be more tuned to that type of an environment. So it, it's really weird. And like, we don't know all, all the information, obviously. Like, I, I don't want to say for one, like, it's, uh you know, this way or that way. But from what we've seen so far and what's coming out, it seems really shitty of like what was done. <laughs> and I, I don't know. Well, that's kind of what I why I was asking about, like the Polygon article is like I would I would like to know if there were specific examples of certain things that were like possibly alleged, because I find it so weird that the way that this is reported, that they they bring up sexual harassment and explicit sexism. Yeah. But then they, so they don't back it up. The one thing they say is that like a lot of the former staff said they hadn't experienced it. And then it's like, then why did you bring it up? Yeah. Like you, so it, it's, it's kind of like tainting the conversation and steering it towards something that they have no evidence towards. So that's why I was curious. So the, yeah, the, the main Do reason, l let me try to look for the specific quote. Um, I think it's, uh, da -da 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 -da. no, 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 no. So the, the idea behind it was that someone inside the company saw the report that came out about, uh, another incident that had happened where someone had done something that was like, you know, to that uh, illicit, like very uh, inappropriate conduct and okay. had said to him, to Steve, that like, it's worrying me that this could happen to our company because there are similarities in the story. And they just use that very like vague kind of language to compare Steve to this other person who got in trouble. And because of that, there's a lot of like, speculation on on that but it's not explicitly said that like he did one thing or another um let me see if i could find the actual uh da -da -da -da. okay uh, yeah i just i found that so weird that that's included because mostly i feel like this dispute should be about the toxic work culture yeah. like him seemingly being a dick and undermining and demeaning people yeah but i feel like bringing up the the sexual harassment and explicit sexism is a little bit odd if they like they're just yeah. like there are not even necessarily rumors about it it's just like i've heard a rumor of a rumor that maybe he did something that might have been similar to that yeah so here's here's the quote from the polygon article um one former employee said she approached gainer after reading a gamesindustry.biz report regarding seasoned developer scavenger studio she told polygon she saw similarities between scavenger studio creative director simon darvu darvu and gainer while the allegations regarding, and this is in parentheses, while the allegations regarding Darvu, including sexual harassment and groping, no claims of physical conduct have been made against Gaynor. The former employee said she warned Gaynor that a similar report could eventually surface about him. And so she, uh, this is in quotes, the team was already in consultation training for communication for the team due to another former employee quitting because of him, she said. And I told him, I have these concerns. When I read this article, I saw a lot of parallels, not one-to-one, -one, but a lot of parallels. So this, this is very okay. vague. Yeah, this is very vague, but that's kind of where this comes from, is that a person in 
the the workspace compares him to an individual from another studio that had these kind of allegations. And so it might just be that he's doing fucked up shit, right? He's undermining people. There was there's talks in here in the article of like the biggest his go to weapon was to laugh at people's opinions and embarrass them in front of other people. Um there's like this is a dick move yeah which is a dick move like there's a lot of those type of moments in this article of like people anecdotally saying like i felt undermined and i felt like shit because he's just an asshole right um but it was that that comparison i think from that one individual that's kind of started this conversation and once again i don't know if that you know means anything or if that equates to anything but that seems to be where it kind of strung from um I think the most interesting part about this article, though, from a Polygon perspective, is they bring up a point about indie devs that I really haven't thought about in in a lot of cases because many of the times they are smaller teams that are just kind of working on a game, right? Yeah. There's no, like, major HR function. Like, you think of a big company, there is an HR department. There is a person that you go to to talk about. There is a, a formulized plan, for the most part, of a way that you complain and you report about a situation and they talk about in here many of the people reported like hey i don't know who to go to or like there's no structure to complain about this person because they're just on top and there's no like hr like what do you do yeah, there's like nothing you can do about it when the studio head is literally the creator that's like nobody above them so it's like, right how do you change somebody's behavior who literally holds your job in their hands yeah and so it's a lot of just controlling power and so it becomes this this you know, this point of like people need to do better by their employees and need to understand that like you don't need to be a dick to, you know, have an opinion or get your point across. And like, especially if you're doing that to a specific gender or specific anything, like any type of, you know, characteristic, there shouldn't be a reason why you're singling out a certain person or a certain group of people because um, it's fucked up. Uh, but I, but from like the the actual like sexual charges or things like that, there's no at least from my point of what I've seen, no you know factual evidence of that. Yeah, the the only reason I brought it up is like I I wanted to be clear that I don't think anybody should, I guess in a sense like jump to conclusions currently because seemingly there's there's no evidence of this yet so i don't want anybody thinking that like this guy is a sexual predator or anything like that it's very possible that he's just an asshole like and and that's a far different thing than being yeah. a sexual predator um i found it a little bit odd that it was like frequently or that it was like kind of brought up at all in it yeah. um but I mean, I just I wanted to be clear about that, not defending him, not doing anything, just wanted to be like, hey, he might not be a sexual predator. So let's hold back. Let's kind of like suspend disbelief until we get any sort of confirmation about this. Once yeah. again, I do find it really weird, like you do, that he was just made a writer because yeah. it's like and I yeah. And I what like, kind of repercussion is that for shitty actions? Yeah, I, I get that it's kind of tough, especially since he's like the co-founder, but I feel like, um, and I've, I've heard this from, I think it was GameSpot After Dark of like, that Annapurna is is also, and it was mentioned in the article, Annapurna is, is stepping in to a degree where they're like, they're monitoring the situation and it was probably them who like kind of was like also pushing for for him to, to be kind of like pushed down a peg. Um, yeah. I'm interested to see if like after this game is done, if he has any place within that company afterwards yeah like like he he writes on uh open roads but then afterwards he's is gone he steps from, down from 
the steps down from Fulbright in general. That would yeah. be really interesting. That is, yeah, that's a good point. I do, there is like one thing you brought up the like HR function in like indie development. It is kind of interesting that the more and more HR is brought up within the games industry, it seems like they're basically... Their, their primary function is not to help individuals within companies, but to make sure the company isn't liable for anything that people do within it. It's like the, it's so weird that HR has like, why are you calling it human resources? It's, that's not what it is. It's really not it's like old you go to HR to complain. Yeah. You go to HR to complain and really nothing happens. Like I, in my first job, I worked at an arcade and my boss threatened to break my arm. So I complained to HR and it was literally like the owner had a short conversation with me about it. And he was like, what do you want me to do? And I was like, I don't fucking, I don't know. Like he threatened to break my arm. Why are you asking me? Like, I was just letting you know. And they kind of like, it was very weird. Like putting me out being like, oh, how are we supposed to, to like do anything for him? So I just find HR so weird, but yeah. I mean, it, yeah, that it, is a good point. I feel it, like it would be especially hard in indie development. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, there's there's a flip side to that, right? Where like just having an HR group or a person who's dedicated to that might not equate to helping out at all, right? Um, but it's also something that like, I don't know, maybe it comes into the, the question of like unions and things like that of like, how do we have some kind of like fallback for people who are in situations like this it's it's a bigger discussion obviously yeah you'd think there'd be somebody and i i once again i don't think that this should be like hr's job because i feel like that's a misrepresented position um but you you think that there should be this role in game development that should be like i guess i don't know like a compliance czar in a sense where it's like we are literally just here to make sure you comply with normal human decency that you're uh, not a piece of shit that you do yeah. this stuff but it's also like that'd be great but like they'd be very hard for indie teams how to many for somebody yeah how much money does an indie team have and how many people do they have like they they're also in a lot of cases not going yeah. to even think about that and then it just becomes one of these situations where it's like should have been better yeah you would you would think that the like the games industry since it's such a team effort that it would behoove the industry as a whole to actually implement some sort of like an organization that did this like whether it's nonprofit or or something else that mm. goes through woke culture and make sure they're good because if your company runs well and is like a well-oiled machine and nobody's got beef with another you'd think they'd make better games like you, you'd think that they might make a better product because they're happy and yeah. they're healthy and they don't have like, they're not a fucking misogynist or some shit like, or yeah. at least dominated by one. I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just kind of talking out my ass, but I think it is like a good idea for somebody to do this, but I guess that Maybe. might be the function of a union. Possibly. I really don't know. I've heard that like unions can be good and bad things depending on what you need. So I, I really don't know. Yeah. Um, so our next news story, a little bit of a lighter one, just kind of wanted to hint on this one because I think it's interesting. Uh, once again on IGN, I'm actually surprised how well IGN has been reporting indies this week. They got yeah. a lot of articles. They're doing it's some pretty good crazy. Stuff. 
this one written by Joe Scrabbles, and it is seven indie game publishers team up for a new game showcase. Seven indie game publishers responsible for the likes of Call of the Sea, Paradise Killer, and Lake have teamed up as a collective called the Indie Houses and will broadcast a game showcase on August 31st. Uh, the Indie Houses is made up of Akupara Games, Fellow Traveler, and I'm not going to list out their games because there's a lot of them. Mm -hmm. um, fellow Traveler, Neon Doctrine, Raw Fury, Those Awesome Guys, Togue Productions, and Whitethorn Games. They're responsible for a lot of really cool indies, a lot of really great indies. So I just wanted to put that out there. Uh, the collective aims to promote an environment that is centered around the sharing of knowledge between publishers rather than cutthroat competition and sees the group sharing information oh. and expertise. To, I know I was like having all sorts of uh, issues. Like, yeah, I, I was like, what, too much uh, what's going on there? Uh, and expertise to help, uh, elevate the group as a whole its first public event will be the indie houses direct a game showcase beginning broadcasting on broadcast yeah being broadcasted on steam twitch and youtube on august 31st the indie houses direct will include game reveals announcements for the collective's upcoming titles qa sessions and african development prototype fund which i'm interested to see what that is uh and more it's it's very I forget what it is, but a while ago, um, there was another showcase in, it, I think it was in not the most recent wholesome direct, but the one prior where they were, uh, there was a fund very similar to what might this be, um, that was all based on like just bringing more minority creators into the game space, which I think is really awesome. Yeah. Um, and this is, uh, it seems like. Yeah, the Steam Festival afterwards is actually going to be featuring the games from August 31st to September 7th, featuring demos, sales, and bundles. So my main thing is, one, cool that this is happening. I'm interested to see what it is. But two, do you think that we're just having too many showcases? Earlier you talked about like seeing games in a bunch of different ways. It is very possible that like seeing it in an Annapurna showcase, seeing it in Nintendo Direct, seeing it in a state of play, an ID at Xbox, it can obviously show it to more people. But do you think that there is a point at which we need to just consolidate showcases because it's getting out of hand? Everybody has a showcase now. I and how are you... I, I don't necessarily know how you're meant to reach... A larger audience when it's spread so thin I, uh, I don't know i might be wrong no i i think you bring up a good point that i don't think we're going to get a good answer to until we hit that wall i don't know what it looks like when we've had too many of these showcases i don't think it's happened yet i think it is becoming a little taxing but it's not like when this gets to a point where they're like every other day i think we will get to a point where people will drop off we'll see a lot more uh you know minimized numbers of people tuning in or people caring right and when that happens then you're going to be like okay as these showcase creators they're going to find ways to say what do we do to get the most people or to maximize the that viewership and then they find something new that that works and then people will join suit and change that and it'll kind of progress and evolve and i think that's kind of the way that a lot of this works of just from like a marketing perspective and just trying to to define like how do we reach that audience um 
I think this is a really cool idea because I think this followed because of people like Annapurna creating their own showcase or like a Devolver Digital yeah. creating their own showcase. And these are indie, you know, publishers who might not have the the span that someone like in Annapurna does because they have a, a large studio and a sister studio that is all about video production that becomes an even bigger thing to have, you know, to fall back on. Um, whereas this is a collection of people who probably said like, hey, we we can't really do this on our own. We're not going to get that same reach, but if we pull together and create something that is, is a, you know, uh, uh, let's go Indies, uh, showcase like that will promote more of it to try and become something. So I, I love the effort. I love the idea behind this. I think it's super cool. I think this is probably going to be one of those ones that I'll see the highlights for, um, depending on what comes up. Like right now, I'm not as interested in, insane like all a lot of these are are developers and publishers who who have developed games that i love but it is to your point exhausting in some cases of just like sometimes i i just can't watch every single one of these so i i do agree i don't know that we're hitting that point just because there's probably people who are more tuned into this that might want to just see something from a raw fury or from those awesome guys or you know whoever it is from this little subset and i'm also more interested to see what this turns into later down the road when it's more of those how do we showcase other developers and other you know people that might have a a smaller reach when it comes to uh audience attention so i don't know i i think it's cool but i don't have too high of an opinion on it just yet until we see what it is yeah, I I like there are two things that I enjoy about this. I really like the idea that the collective aims to promote an environment that is centered around the sharing of knowledge between publishers rather than cutthroat competition. I right. think that's great. I think sharing knowledge in the indie games industry is fantastic, uh, especially because like it's very possible that a game comes out and it's like a concern date production where they make a game just by themselves. They might not know how to get their game on consoles and stuff. And I think being right. part of a collective like this could easily help fledgling indie game developers i really like that and i also like that it is this collective it's not like you said an annapurna or devolver granted they have a lot of different developers under them but it's like a large publishing brand Mm -hmm. instead these are a bunch of different indie game publishers who are gaining together i'm i'm hoping that this leads to and my like i guess ultimate dream for what these showcases turn into is just let's fucking consolidate all of this shit and let's just have an e3 for indie games like i want that i want an e3 in fucking june and i want an e3 for indie games specifically or like smaller titles in (sighs) september or something like that like i i it's so annoying that this is year round it's just like you said exhausting Mm mm-hmm I don't know, I don't know that we'll ever get to that point. Um, but it would be an interesting concept of like, I don't know. I feel like people would be more likely to turn it, tune in to an indie games E3. I I shouldn't say E3 because I don't literally mean E3. I just mean like an indie games focused convention similar to E3. I I feel like people would be more likely to tune into that than they would be to tune into 8 million different showcases a year. I think that becomes a really sticky situation because of how loose the term indie is. Oh yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Yeah, but. that's 
Yeah, it's just something that I would hope for because I'm I'm not sick of showcases. Like, I, I think it's great that everybody is trying to get the word out. This is something that I've talked about forever is that we started this podcast because we wanted to just make sure that people knew about indies. And I feel like these showcases are making that possible. But for I sure. feel like eventually they're going to hit that that point where nobody everybody's just sick of it they don't want to watch showcases anymore they're like i'm sick of spending 40 minutes out of every day watching a fucking showcase like i'm done i agree it's too much so yeah i I hope something changes eventually but i guess it doesn't necessarily need to right now but you know what's going to change this fucking segment because it's time to hop into news cram Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And News Crams, our weekly wrap-up segment where we, the hosts of IndiePod and Indie Games Podcast, cram you full of all sorts of Indie Games news. This week, we do actually have a couple quick news stories before we hop into new stuff. Our first quick news story for today comes by way of GameSpot, where it is reported that Focus Home Interactive, publishers of games like Vampire or Vampire, I'm going to be honest, I said that a couple times, I don't know how it's actually meant to be said. Uh, a Plague Tale Innocence and The Surge has just purchased 775 uh, a 77.5% stake in French developer slash publisher Dotemu. If you haven't heard of Dotemu, we actually talked about it last week with Streets of Rage 4. They worked on both development and publishing of that game. I'm not exactly sure how much of a role they had, but seemingly Focus Home Interactive, they they buying them. They're like, mm, yum. Uh, granted, they still like there's like 20% or something like that, like 23% that's not theirs, but yeah, they're buying a majority stake in Dotemu. Uh, and that action shooter RPG, that's a lot, uh, yeah. The Ascent by Neon Giant has garnered more than $5 million in sales since its launch on January 29th. This was actually from an article that was on August 4th, so that was in like five days. Yeah. that they made five million dollars it's pretty nice holy crap and the the purpose was the, of the article was actually to point out that like they made this much money and they were on game pass mm-hmm. like people could have just played it on game pass like we did yeah. so it's good it's really them. interesting i i love the idea of like it's game pass isn't good just because of it showcasing a game but it's like no people are still it like hypes it up they still a lot buy of people game. people are still yeah. buying the game they're still getting money from it like even like because you know the ascent the the neon giant they're probably still getting a good chunk of money just from being on game pass alone and then they also made that five million dollars right like yeah it's probably some good money there yeah yeah good point 
Uh, now on to some new stuff. Our first five items in new stuff come by way of Nintendo Life, where it's reported that Monster Taming Game Monster Harvest by Maple Powered Games has been delayed once again, this time to August 31st. That peaceful building strategy and puzzle game, uh, Dwarf Romatic by... Tukana Interactive is headed to PC via Steam, the Nintendo Switch, and mobile devices in its 1.0 state sometime later this year. This is actually a game that's been brought up in our Discord, so please be sure to join our Discord to talk about some cool indie games. And mm. it seems interesting. I'm not a big like a puzzle strategy guy, but the idea of it seems cool. I I'll probably never play it, but if you're a fan of puzzle and strategy games, check that one out. Uh, it is available in like Steam Early Access, I think, right now. Is, is the big caveat there. That's why I put 1.0 state. That retro-style platformer, Castle of Pixel Skulls by Josep, or Josep uh, Manzanas Hernandez is now available on the Nintendo Switch. Probably butchered your name. I'm sorry about that. Uh, that platformer, Smash Room by Jonathan Calsolaro is now available on the Nintendo Switch. And lastly, that narrative adventure game, Where the Water Tastes Like Wine, by Dim Bulb Games and Serenity Forge is getting a physical edition. It's actually getting two different editions. I believe one is a standard and one is a collector's edition, but there i believe the standard is like 34 the collectors is 50 um but is getting a physical edition on both playstations 4 and the nintendo switch the collector's bindle includes a fabric uh wall art poster a steel camper mug 16 tarot cards and much more with pre-orders live at the time of this recording on limited run games website it is obviously limited by the way so if you're a fan you gotta hop over there. It's kind of in the name, limited run game. You know, you, know, you get it. You get it. Uh, now over to Polygon, where it's reported that several awesome indie games are getting PlayStation Four and PlayStation Five versions. Honestly, this was like the most clickbaity title on Polygon because sure. there were like seven indie games that are getting PS Five versions, and I was like, sweet, click on it. Actually, only two of them are, and I was like, fuck you. What? You had a bunch of turds. Like, I really want to know what was the um oh yeah it's it's witchwood soul krista and more indies are coming to playstation 5 and i'm fairly certain soul krista was actually deliberately said it's only coming to playstation 4 so just saying in that article specifically how rude uh but yeah over on polygon we reported that several awesome indie games are getting playstation 4 and ps5 versions specifically witchwood by alien trap games is headed to both platforms sometime this fall vertically scrolling shooter soul krista or krista i don't i don't know so Krista by uh, Platinum Games is headed to the PlayStation 4 sometime later this year. Just right there. Just title's fucking wrong. But whatever. Hot damn. Nobody do. Uh, adventure game A Short Hike by Adam Griu. I don't know. I say that one. Uh, is headed to the PlayStation 4 sometime this fall. Adventure game Oxenfree 2 Lost Signals by Night School Studios is headed to both platforms sometime in 2022. And lastly, that action roguelike game Hades by Super Rare Games is headed to the PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X and S on August 13th. It is also headed to Game Pass. I say that later down there, but just thought I'd bring it up again. Uh, that racing game Art of Rally by... F 
Fun Selector Labs uh, is headed to the Nintendo Switch, Xbox One, Xbox Series X and S, and Xbox Game Pass on August 12th. And lastly, that Curse of the Dead Gods, Dodgeball Academia, Luminous Remastered, Starmancer, and Hades are headed to Xbox Game Pass throughout the month of August. By the time that this goes live for free feeds, all of those games are currently on Xbox Game Pass. Uh, but sadly for the patrons, I believe Hades specifically is actually coming on the the 12th or the 13th i believe it's the 12th or the 13th yeah i don't know basically by the time this is good for free audiences by the end of this week you can play some hades on xbox game pass uh now over on ign where it's reported that action shooter rpg the ascent by neon giant has just received a new patch that's meant to fix several bugs afflicting the co-op experience of the game and adds ray tracing to the windows store slash game pass versions of the game it was actually a big hubbub like you said about ray tracing earlier is that ray tracing was available on the steam version of the game yep. but not on the windows store version of the game which is weird yeah no idea why uh, and to round out the group over on GameSpot, it is reported that Monster Taming Game, Monster Crown by Studio Aurum, uh, is headed to the Nintendo Switch, PC via Steam, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One on October 12th. This is its 1.0. It's available in early access right now, I believe. And it will actually be available in both digital and physical forms in October. So... If you're a fan of physical media, you can actually pick it up this way. Uh, it's an interesting game. I liked what I played of it. I liked the uh, monster contracts versus like the actual taming of them. I thought that was kind of interesting. Plus, you could start out with a slime monster, which <gasps> I very much enjoy. I appreciate that shit. But it is time for us to get back to the creators in our next segment. God bless the crowd. This is where the biggest of average Josh boys hops into all sorts of crowdfunding sites, find something awesome for us to talk about, and we do just so. This week, he's really pandering to his own tastes here, okay? We're headed over to Kickstarter to talk about a game called Whoopo. Breath Festival Forever. It's a 2D Splatoon-inspired, wacky 3v3 shooter platformer. Ride fluffy beasts, dirty someone's restaurant, or make clean rain supreme. The developers are looking for $26,466. At the time of this recording, they have $6,450 with 144 backers and 17 days left to go. The developers are Kernst and Perzik. We actually have a developer interview with them, right? We do. Am I wrong? And it's also okay. about this game. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. I was like, I swear we do. Okay, Big Josh Boy, feel free to gush because I know Wubo gets your pants tight. So just let me know. What's up? I mean, How do you feel about Wubo Breath Festival forever? Uh, I'm going to be honest. I wish it was just Wubo too. Oh, hot takes. In the developer but, interview, did you say that? Yeah, I did. You were just like, this I is a garbage like, idea. You should have just made a sequel to Wupo. You're fucking stupid. Development interview over. And that's how it ends. Yeah. If you're listening <laughs> for those uh, on the audio feed, that was me just slapping the developer back and forth. Um, uh, it was actually not their face. It was the butt cheeks. Yeah, just slapping the, their the butt cheeks. cheeks. Um, <laughs> spank them. <laughs> Give them a little spanking. Uh, no, I, no, they were actually, uh, it was a great, everyone should listen to that interview. Um, I have a lot of respect for the, the developers of this game because I love Lobo. Uh, I, I am not as interested in this. This is one of those things that hurts me because I want to support this developer and I might just throw them money just to support them, but I have no interest in this game whatsoever. Um, it Which is, is weird because you'd think you'd like the co-op shooter thing. 
I know, I know, but just I just saying. don't. But I loved, I loved the story mode, which they have one, but it's a story mode of just playing this arena game, this this Splatoon type thing, which I was never into either. Um, but it looks, it looks fun. I I think that this could have the potential to be like a really good co op game from a multiplayer perspective. Essentially, the way it works is you have two teams, one that's trying to dirty the place up. Uh, which is just you have these like little guns that are just throwing out like mud and then you have another one that has water and so they have like these cannons that will clean the area and you have like a number of different uh like rides that you can get onto meaning like you know just like rideable uh beasts it looks like which they all look they super said cute. that like, they were your actual like movable spawn points which i thought were interesting yeah so there's like i think that the game is super cool i love the idea behind this from a perspective of like playing and like the chaos that could ensue of having to try and fill this area slash clean this area going against each other there's different guns types there's different like um different perspectives that i think will will make it fun um i do enjoy the fact that they have that uh starting like apartment that everyone gets of like this little hangout area because uh i didn't talk about this but back for blood did this as well where the area where you first start is like just a, this like little spawn point it's like this campsite where you get to try out all the different guns and you get to try out all the weapons and you could just kill each other there and you could just play that and just like hang out and like, I think yeah, that's so are cool. Yeah, I think that's so interesting. I love having this like you have this little like space that you get to create and and design and have this like, oh, come over to my little virtual apartment, like super smart idea. Um, but I just don't really want to play it. <laughs> I just I want, think that's I just yeah. want Apo 2, man. I want the game to just have more, but this is like a totally different. And there's like story. Like I remember talking to the the developer uh, when we did the interview, and he was like, "Yeah, there's going to be background story. There's going to be like you know a lore, if you will, on like what happens afterwards and and how the story kind of continues and things like that." And I want to know that, but I want the same gameplay that I had before. You never know, like maybe your investment in this game well, might lead to a sequel to Bupo. That's another reason why I'm like, people, please, even if you don't want to play it, just give them some money so they make the next game. <laughs> like, Yeah, it's, it's like an idea that I was talking to Chase about recently because he's very annoyed that EA refuses to put the PlayStation 5 version of the new Madden game on PC. And uh -huh. I was like, maybe it's because they don't see a big return from PC. And he was like, well, I have, he had this moral dilemma in a sense where he was like, I want them to know that I'm annoyed. So I want to boycott it. But on the same thing, like maybe if people continue to do that, they won't bring these That's better why. versions to yeah. PC. It's yeah, this self-fulfilling prophecy of yeah. our sales don't do well because people are mad that certain games aren't there. But because of that, they never put those games up. Yeah, exactly. And I, I told him, I was like, for me, I feel like when you have some sort of like moral quandary, you have to invest in the future that you wish will happen. That's the only way that you can really get through this. Like maybe it won't happen, but if you want it to happen, you have to also take part in it. So like the only way to, to it's very possible the only way to see a sequel to Wupo is you got to invest in the game that you may not want. You got to yeah. show them that this IP is worth something. Yeah, and granted, or just buy eighty-five copies of Wupo, just the I normal one. I do not have the money. Just to buy do it that. on every platform. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I 
I think that I'm probably a minority. I mean, there are a lot of people who love Whoopo, but I don't think like it's it's you know the crazy uh, success that like something like a Celeste was, right? Like it doesn't have that same kind of name brand. Uh, but I think that I'm probably one of the the few that this conversation even applies to. So I think that people should just look at this and be like, it's a fun game. But also, if you don't know anything about this, I would say check out Wubo because it's super uh, amazing. Um, but like, just back it. It's only $12. Come on, what do you got to lose? Yeah, it Come does on. have a very low initial cost. It's 12 bucks. Plus there are two tiers that you can actually invest in. Mm -hmm. The I mean, uh, the music lover gives you the original soundtrack. I've often talked about how I find it kind of annoying when people do lower tiers that really don't seem to give you anything, but it's cool. It's whatever is as, as hey, if people want to contribute in any small way, I totally get it. I just think they need a little bit more value if you want to do a tier mm -hmm. but i i think that it being only like 12 bucks uh american i mean it's it's like 10 dollars in euros i think uh, is what that currency symbol is i i do think it's really cool i think that's that's a low price point i don't think that the original Wupo actually costs that much either uh so i think this is a very low investment it's like hey you want to see this come to fruition Give him 12 bucks. It's not mm -hmm. too much. I gave 80 fucking dollars to Crowsworn so I could get a fucking steel case. So. <laughs> sure did. You sure did. So I don't actually have much to say about the game. It's it's not my kind of game. Um, I feel like I've made that obvious over the 146 episode before this. Uh, I like to play games by myself. And yeah. I am not a huge fan of like multiplayer only games. And. Uh, I like the, I would say I like the, I guess, tone of this world that's taken to this world. So it's very possible that I will absolutely adore Wupo, just the normal one. I got to play it. Big Josh Boy said it several times. Maybe, you know what? Maybe it'll eventually come to Xbox Game Pass or some week play for a oh, book club. Maybe, 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 maybe. Yeah, maybe I'll force myself to play. You know, not not that it's bad or anything. I'll just force. This I guy, have some piece of guy. content that forces you, me to do it. Don't <laughs> you uh, shut the fuck up? Okay. <laughs> uh, so, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about with uh, Wupo Breft Festival Forever before we move on to our listener questions? I think if you look at this, you're going to instantly know if this is for you. Uh, honestly. Oh, yeah. Um, this is a very, very specific type of game. Um, I've always enjoyed the the very cartoony, ch kind of childish uh, animation for this, and and just it looks so good. I just wish it was Wopo 2. But there's probably a lot of people who will have fun with this. I think if you're looking for a game to just play with friends, like check this one out. It'll be worth all right, it. all right. So with that. I, I don't even, I, I hate that like some things like are, are terms of phrase that people just consistently use, but they're actually fairly negative. So I'm just without the out of the way, but I hate that. Uh, we're moving moving on. on to our listeners. Quite, yeah, moving on is a good one. We're moving on to our listener questions. This week, we got a couple. So Chris writes in and says, and of course, from uh, RIP Active Quest, do you have to say they're going on a permanent hiatus currently? It's, crazy. it's a little bit weird. Yeah, crazy. I don't. I don't know if I can call him Active Josh anymore, bro. I was thinking about that the other day. I don't he's know. just gonna have to now be. Now he's just Josh. Yeah, oh my he's God, just Josh, be... just Josh, and just John. What is this? What is this? It's too a much. Whole community of just the boys. Just Whoa. the boys. 
That's and actually not. Not, not, not. <laughs> roll that one back. Yeah, uh, not, so not Chris writes in and says, uh, <laughs> what's a game that everyone loves that you simply don't get? I know you won't like this, Vaughn, but I tried Hollow Knight multiple times and can't get into it. So Big Josh Boy, is there any game everybody loves or a game franchise even that everybody loves that you just truly do not get? I'll tell you one better. I'll put a whole genre. MMOs. Stop that shit. Dude, shut the <laughs> fuck up. <laughs> um, oh my God. No, honest, honestly, the one that I pick is Monster Hunter. I, I have really? no, okay. I've tried it and I just, it does not sit with me. Like I've never been into it. I think it's just kind of boring. You're just attacking a big sponge. <laughs> And you're like, oh, great. Now he ran away. All right, I got to go catch him. All right, here's a fucking I chore. I cut off his tail. Yeah, he's like, oh, he's getting away. Okay. And like, I get it. You could have like multiple people. But when I played Monster Hunter World, there was this whole big thing of like, oh, play it uh, to a certain point. And then you have to fucking wait and like beat it once. And then you could have friends. And I was like, this is not what I'm looking for. And even still, Dude, like, and just even then when you did co-op shit, they would take your lives. So if you have a shit friend yeah. who just keeps dying, you, they fail the mission for you. It yeah. legitimately pissed me off. That's why I didn't play it with many people. Cause I was like, I'll fucking kill you. Stop, yeah. stop taking my lives. Bro. And I just felt like a lot of the, the systems were bloated and kind of just like, it just felt complex to just be complex in certain ways. And I was just like, eh, it, Monster Hunter has just never been interesting to me. Like, I like the idea oh. of like, oh, big monster. But I don't know. The game's never set well. All right. So there's there's OK. There is a franchise that I truly do not get. I I've tried it before. I really don't understand the fervor for it. And then there is a game that I think Are you gonna is piss me drastically off? overrated. Are you going to piss me I off? I do not. No, no, not at all. I, I wonder actually, you know, like throw out Whoopo or fucking Binding of Isaac. Yeah, you no. be like Binding of Isaac. <laughs> I'd be like, oh. No, no, not at all. The franchise would be Halo. I really don't uh, get it. Really? I've, I've tried it. I've played multiple entries. Granted, haven't played it all the way through. I feel like if I got really invested in the story, maybe. But I, I've played different Halo games. I've played the multiplayer. I just, I don't get it. I, I really don't get why people love it so much. Uh, and it's just something that I don't believe I meant to get. I just don't know. Yeah. I mean, are you generally uh, into first-person shooters? I, I, I like first-person shooters. I really mm. do. Yeah, I mean, I love Destiny, love Wolfenstein. I've played Call of Duty, and I've enjoyed it in the past. Like, I okay. do enjoy first-person yeah. shooters. Yeah, I don't so know. So I just, yeah, I just don't, I don't understand. Halo just doesn't hook me. I don't get it. It's not for everybody. Then, it's okay. The game is Breath of the Wild. I really, really, you don't like Breath literally of the Wild? do not get it. I don't oh, like man. it. That's funny. and I've, I've tried so many times. I, I try to get into it and then my sword breaks and I'm like, you can fuck off. Like oh, I'm sick of this. Goodness. I, I will, <laughs> I just, I will admit that like I love the game. I thought it was super fun. I really enjoyed it. But I think that this the industry definitely hypes it up a little bit more than it needs. But Granted, I think that there's a lot that was put into it that is very, it's done well. Um, yeah. I do I do hate the braking system though, but it is what it is. I mean, I'm not saying that, I am not saying at all that the Halo franchise is bad or that Breath of the Wild is a bad game. They're just things that I don't enjoy and that I yeah, really just fine. can't get into. I've tried multiple times, especially with Breath of the Wild to get into it. Are you normally and... a, a Zelda fan though? No, 
Oh, See, well, I feel okay. like that's the yeah. thing is like I have no nostalgia for the series. Right. Yeah, I feel like like, like I, I've always played Zelda games. So I think it was definitely a step up in a lot of ways for for many Zelda uh titles. And that's just Yeah, I've why. only played a I've only played a few Zelda games. I played a little bit of Wind Waker. I famously talked about how I got in the boat, lost my way, stopped playing because I didn't know where to go. And I feel like that's stupid because it's like a really good game from what I understand. But I I just couldn't figure out where to go. Okay, the seas. What are you going to do? Lost at sea. sea. Uh, Yeah, I got lost at sea in in Wind Waker, dude. Um, and Breath of the Wild, I've tried to a bunch of times. Twilight Princess, I got stuck as a dog because I couldn't find the last golden scarab to piss me off. Like, there's just, yeah, throughout my life, I've tried to play different Zelda games. Just really, I've never been able to connect with the series. And not to say that they're bad in any sense, they're just not for me. It's good jelly, not my jam. Yeah. To speak of just Josh's uh, little little tidbit there, you know, you know, you know. No. Uh, so... Philip Renshaw, the wombat from Australia, writes in and asks. I always say says, but they most of the time they're they're mostly asking. Yeah, they're mostly ask questions. Uh, They technically these are out of order, but I'm just gonna read them the way I grabbed them. Would you survive a saw trap? Now I do. Do you think that this means a like a saw blade trap? No, like he's it's talking just about, like you walk in and it's like definitely or like talking a about the saw movie from the movie. Yeah, like from the movie. Okay, that's what I thought, but I was like. Can we, uh, uh, real quick, have you watched the movies, the Saw movies? Several. Several? Not all of them. Do you like yeah, them? Yeah, I've watched several of them. I, I enjoy them. I don't okay. think they're good movies, but I enjoy really? them. Really? I love them. Yeah. I think they're so great. I think they're, like, I think they're very interesting. Yeah. Um, but I, I've talked about how, like, I'm not a big, like, body horror person. I get And that. I feel like this necessarily isn't body horror, but, like, in that one fucking Saw movie where he shoves her hand inside that box of... Uh, spinning saws and she pulls it out and her hand splits like a string cheese. Yeah. I was like, nah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, I love it, like not for the, the gruesome side of it, but just for the story that goes along with it and like the psychological aspect of just what he's doing. Like I thought it was so, such a well thought out uh, idea. Um, but yeah, it is It is one of those things where if you don't like gruesome stuff, like it's, it's kind of hard to watch some parts. <laughs> But yeah. to answer the question, would I survive a saw trap? Absolutely fucking not. Like, no yeah. fucking way, dude. I would Same. be so dead. I think about those traps and like the things that you had to do. Like, I would not cut off my leg. I, I wouldn't would, gouge out my eye. I would not shove my hand into a vat of acid. Yeah, I would not crawl through barbed wire. No. Like, just no. I think I would just die. Like, and granted, if I was put in a situation, it's obviously much different. And maybe, you know, like that fight or flight situation would just kick in. But like, hot damn, I think I'm dead. Yeah. Hot damn, I woke up with a fucking bear trap on my head. I think I'm just going to like chill, maybe jerk off a bit, give myself <laughs> that bit of pleasure. And then I'm going to die. Imagine that. Like fucking a, Jigsaw yeah. is sitting there and he's like, cut your fucking eye out. Let's do it. And he's like, wait, wait, wh- what are you doing? What do you stop? Yeah, stop. And I'm just the, like, eh, and he's like, no, <laughs> the fucking deleted scenes. That's the, uh, yeah. It's that one person with a bear trap on their head. That's just like, well, you going to fucking watch me, big boy. Yeah. You fucking like this. Don't you? And then he's just like, Hum. like right as he climaxes, just fucking dies. He's like, sets the trap off trap off early. He's just like, you obviously don't get why you're here. Goodbye. <laughs> sure. That's one way to do it. I guess. <laughs> Yeah, it turns out that's the entire plot to Jigsaw was like, 
It, yeah. it was Jigsaw learning the error of his ways because there was the one person who did not get what they were supposed to. They didn't get some sort of like higher appreciation for life. They just wanted to masturbate before they died. And he was like, I fucked up. I've been doing this for like 10 years. It's all for nothing. It's all for Nobody nothing. gets it. No, but I do think the movies are cool. I 100% would not survive it. No. Yeah, I don't If think I so. woke up in a saw trap, like, nah, I just die. Depending on the death, I guess. Like, it would, if it was the bear trap on the head and I was just like, oh, yeah, I'll die quick, sure. But if it was like, oh, you're going to be slowly cut apart limb from limb, it's like, okay, maybe I'll gouge out my eye. Maybe. Like, yeah, I feel like I it guess, just depends on the trap. Yeah, I guess that is true. Like, those traps are very, very different. Yeah, and it kind of is like, it's fucked sometimes. Because sometimes it's like, oh, a saw is going to shoot out and cut you. Like, whatever. Like, it's like a very quick death that you're just like, okay, that doesn't sound bad. And then other times it's like fucking, okay, I shouldn't say it yeah. doesn't sound bad. It's <laughs> really like, like it's, it's the lesser there. of... Yeah, it's the lesser of two evils when the other one is like, Slowly you fall dying. into a pit of needles. Like, yeah. fucking... <laughs> Like, that shit is messed up, so... Eh, maybe, maybe. Like, the one where they're all just gonna die of poisoning? Nah, I wouldn't survive that one, because I'd be like, eh. Good. This is a good way to go. Just chill back. You know, touch myself a bit. Like, have a good day, and then die. Like, whatever. I, mean, I fear poisoned. I don't think it's uh, it's quite a nice feeling. <laughs> up to the I don't think there. it's a nice feeling, but I think it's far preferable to cutting a coat off the back of your fucking neck. Like that, like that was pretty crazy. Yeah. But nah, I wouldn't survive. Not even a little bit. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so also writes in and says, have you ever played a game where you were like, that's a pretty sweet ass mechanic. I wish there were more games with that gimmick. So big Josh boy, have you ever played a game that you thought had a sweet mechanic and why is it the nemesis system? <laughs> it's not what I'm going to say, but really uh, that's surprising. You could talk. You could talk all about that. I will talk about a couple <laughs> of uh, games. Uh, so the first one is Minute. Um, if you don't know what Minute is, you have literally a minute to play this game, and every at the end of every minute, you die. And the game is based on that time loop of you keeping your items that you collect, but being able to change places. Like there's like little checkpoints where you can start from, and so you have that minute to do different things, to learn things about the world, uh, take certain actions, understand how things work, and then solve that puzzle of how do you beat a game that you only have a minute to live in constantly and replaying that. I love that time loop idea. I think it's so cool. Um, I wish there was more of that. It's just good. Um, Rad. You can watch Palm Springs. It's good yeah, shit. Good shit. Rad good is uh, another one. It's a game that recently came out uh, through, I believe it was Double Fine. Uh, and it is in uh, relation to radiation and mutating. And it has this system where as you're leveling up, every time you level, you get a new mutation. And it's like randomly generated and it totally changes the way that your, your character plays out, whether they have now this like giant third arm that you can swing or something that shoots out things. Like there's many different mutations, but I wish that like, I'd love to see this, but refined in a way that's more um, applicable to you doing something to get the mutation rather than it just being a random thing that just happens. Um, but I love the idea of that, you know, that mutating aspect, uh, especially when it comes to just these crazy radiation effects that can happen. 
Um, <laughs> the next one comes in both Griftlands and Signs of the Sojourner. So these are two different games that do kind of the same thing that I think is really cool, which is the idea of turning conversation into a game mechanic. So it's like uh, with Griftlands, it was through cards and it was having both a battle deck, but also a debate deck of like, how do you change someone's opinion about something? And Signs of the Sojourner was uh, having conversations with uh, other people by matching symbols through uh, these type of cards. And it has nothing to do with the card aspect. I don't give a shit about that. But I really love the idea of turning conversation into a game mechanic because there's a lot of t cases where you think of like, you know, a Fallout game. And it's like, oh, I'm going to put a bunch of points into Persuasion. And the game becomes, did I level this up so I can click a button, right? Which I still yeah. do. I still do it like all the time in these games. But wouldn't it be cool if there was more of that, like, well, how do we turn this into a, a, a like fun aspect or, you know, have something it's unique? like basically a mini game, right? Of like, what does conversation equate to from a game perspective rather than just a pew pew, I'm shooting you game mechanic of like fighting someone, uh, which I'd, I'd love to see more of. Um, and then I have two more. I know I'm ranting a bit, but it's just cool mechanics that I've seen, which is Evo Land or uh, Buddy Simulator 1984. We've talked about this before, which is just games progressing as you're playing the games and that sounds stupid because obviously that happens when you play a game but i mean in the context of the actual game genre or the the uh the year that a game was created in so like going from with evo land going from you know 8-bit to 16-bit to 32-bit to then doing all types of different games like game genres of like now we're a fighting game now we're a puzzle game now we're a platformer like that kind of like quick change and and keeping you on your toes with different stylistic uh just choices from a game perspective is super cool i wish more developers would do this to kind of put more of that variety into games where i think like like there's a lot of times like i'm probably uh not the the norm when it comes to this opinion but like games like uncharted uh and even in to some degree the last of us i find playstation games kind of boring they've got it. good stories they have very repetitive gameplay. And it's a lot of reason why I don't lean towards PlayStation games in some cases, because I'm like, I'd rather just see what the story is. I could watch the cutscenes and get the same feeling for a lot of how those games play out because there isn't as much variety of it's just like kind of the same thing over and over again. Um, granted, there's probably yeah. a lot of people who are like, fuck you, Josh, you're dumb. Uncharted is amazing. Um, and that's fine. But it's just the way that I think you know, some change would help it. Uh, and then the last one is Doki Doki, uh, which is uh, Doki Doki Literature Club. I recently played it. I think it's super cool being able to manipulate game files themselves. I won't talk about anything else because kind of spoilers, but that concept of being able to kind of manipulate the game outside of the game, such a cool concept. Do it more, people. It's cool. Okay, that was a lot. Sorry, but cool mechanics. <laughs> I was like, have you ever? And you're just like, trust me, I have. Just like, <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, so for me, I actually wrote an article about this way back when for Handsome Phantom. There were like three game mechanics that I really want to see in other games. And one of them was brought up by, I believe, Zach in our Discord, who yeah. said, like the Nemesis system. I want the Nemesis system in more games. I don't know why, like, if WB owns the license or whatever to this system, and that's the reason that no other game has been able to replicate the Nemesis system, 
We need to see it in more shit. I want to see it in Arkham Knights. I want to see it in Suicide Squad. Like, outside of Shadow of War and Shadow of Mordor, I want to see this and more. I want to actually feel like I have a connection to the NPCs that I'm slaughtering. And that sounds fucked up. It's because I, I mean it to be. If they're meant to be pieces of shit, I shouldn't be, like, cutting through 25 paper humans to get to one boss that actually matters in the story. Like, I would rather do something like the Nemesis system, where it's like, granted, you still have the paper people, but you have the, uh, you have, let's say, 10 bosses in the game, but you also have, like, 30 named orcs that have beef with you no matter what and your involvement in their story is actually seen both physically and mentally they remember what you did to them before they remember killing you before and they get empowered because of that like i think the nemesis system is very very cool uh some other ones i enjoy and i've really harped on this one dude actually these other two i've really harped on them because i want them in more one excavation I want to dig up more shit in games. I love that shit. Granted, you know, you should have been, you should have gone into like archaeology or some type of like, just do, if only you didn't hate going outside. <laughs> I feel like. I know, right? Maybe <laughs> you're like, man, you enjoy lore and digging shit. Like maybe would, uh, granted, I like that in the comfort of my own home and air conditioning and not my sweaty ass. I cheeks. mean, granted, like, there might be a time in, in the not so near future where we just have robots doing that digging shit and you're just in your home and you're like, mm, dig a little like deeper. Like on my Nintendo Mr. DS, I'm just like, e -e 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 -e. <laughs> <laughs> dig deeper robot. There's some, uh, interesting dirt over there <laughs> uh so yeah excavation i loved fossil fighters love spectrobes i really enjoy it i like the fact that you have to like really put in the effort to get some of these mons like you have to find them they have the rarity of finding them but also their ability in battles can also depend on how good at excavating their fossils you were i think that's awesome instead of just randomly coming across a pokemon that's just like i'm a beefy boy it's like okay whatever granted there's like the beefy IVs boy and my EVs favorite pokemon aspect. yeah the beefy boy uh but that's one thing that i very much enjoy and lastly photography i really like photography in games i'm not talking about pokemon snap and shit i'm just talking about an added system it's kind of in a, a mini game in I, a sense okay like i love dead rising's photography i think that's a lot of fun mm. where you actually get experience for taking cool pictures and i really enjoy that so it makes an additional part of the game and gives you another way to actually level frank west i really like that mm. and they do a similar thing in beyond good and evil where you can get experience for taking rare photographs i really like that i'm not talking about a game that is on rails where you just take pictures of shit i don't care about pokemon snap i really don't i don't give a fuck it's but, so funny how opposite our opinions on that are <laughs> i like yeah you the probably hate the dead rising i yeah. hate dude because bio i i'm such a huge bioshock fan and i hate the camera part of it because i'm like can we please is there a camera in bioshock yeah, you have to take pictures of... Fuck, like it, I gotta play that game. Nothing yeah. else. That's the only thing that I like about it. Everything else you, yeah, didn't get me at all. Just in, Bio, in Bioshock 1 and 2, there's parts where you're researching the the different enemies you're fighting and there's always parts uh, where like i'm playing it and it's just such a chore because i'm like okay i got to set up all right now i gotta take it like with bioshock 2 you have to take like a video of yourself fighting the enemy so i'm like all right i gotta switch over to this uh to my camera 
take a picture. Okay, now I gotta switch back to my gun. And I'm just like, why stop adding these steps? Like I could just have a camcorder on at all times or something, or you could just make this a button that I just like camera button, like press something. Like it's, it's no, stop. <laughs> I feel like when it's done right, it's fun. Did you play Dead Rising? I did. I I never really got into it. I forget what it was about Dead Rising, but there was something that I did not like about it. It's that... really arcadey and uncomfortable. Yeah, like, like a lot of Dead Rising, I actually don't enjoy. Plus, they put you on a timer all the time. I think that was I it. I like hate that. timers. I hate timers in games. Yeah. It gives me I, like dumb talk anxiety. about any gameplay mechanic that I fucking despise. It's timers. Yeah. I really yeah. We're definitely on the same point on that one. It fucking sucks. And that's like one of the big things that ruined Dead Rising for me too. But I love taking pictures. I'm a big fan of that. All that's right. good shit. Right. Yeah, Frank West, easily the best Dead Rising protagonist just because you could take pictures. <laughs> well, all right no then. No one else takes pictures. Uh, so that is the end of this week's episode. Thanks everyone so much for listening. If you would like to chat with us outside the show, be sure to follow us at IndiePod over on Twitter. We are almost 700 strong over there. You can join our Discord as well. That is in our pin tweet. We got a bunch of people in the Discord talking about indie games we like, talking about sweet-ass deals and so much more. Easy way to put in your questions right there you can also of course become a patron you can give us a buck get these episodes early and all sorts of good stuff so just in general engage in the indie pod community if you would like to chat with me outside the show specifically you can follow me at hide legion you can check out my my hero academia podcast at go beyond pod over on twitter and you can follow the big josh boy at the underscore george 90 you can check out his twitch streams uh when he does them at twitch.tv slash the underscore george and anything else you would like to call out before the end of the show big josh boy nope all right all right sorry i was trying to think but no (laughs) i gotta reiterate the housekeeping uh we got the in-house studios there glitch developer interview or okay so in-house studios of the developer glitched is their game there we talk about it the game looks really cool check it out wishlist it over on steam with any of the games we talk about be sure to wishlist them on steam it actually does help them uh but this developer interview is going live on wednesday the 11th of august so please check it out new developer interviews every single wednesday Check them out. They're good shit. Uh, check out our Teespring store. Obviously, it's the Andy Pod store over on Teespring. You can get t-shirts and stickers. Head over to YouTube where you can watch these episodes or soon to be watch some shorts. I thought it was super hilarious when I scrolled down and saw Vaughn jerks off at Jigsaw. <laughs> uh Leave us reviews on any platform in which you could do so, specifically iTunes. It's going to help us out a bunch. Leave us reviews, especially because apparently you could take them back, which I didn't know you could. Okay? That's weird. Yeah, don't it's do super weird. Don't. Please don't. Please, please leave some reviews and keep them there, <laughs> you know? Cause... And lastly... Thank you so much to all of our amazing patrons at the $3 tier or higher. But if you give us any amount of money, you're amazing. We're very glad to have you in the community. We've got Ethan, a gamer for fun. John? It's just John. Just John. Uh, we'll see. I totally like yeah, I spaced I was, out. I the like, the way I do this throws me off sometimes. Yeah, we'll see. Mixamatosis, AK Mix, Zach Durham, Chase Hopkins, Philip Rocha, the one better for Australia, Chris Penwell. That boy's always drinking tea, bro. And he's all about that go beyond. It's a little crazy at this point. Josh. It's just Josh, bro. Just Josh. That was active, And Sam Fillion from Canada. Thank you all so much. You're all so amazing. And 
We will talk to you all next week. Goodbye. Bye. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.